Hello and welcome to Progslog, where we go through 2000 AD week by week, issue by issue. I'm Michael. And I'm Craig. We're not going through 2000 AD issue by issue today, we're talking about the film. We're talking about the uh, 1995 Judge Dredd movie. The way you said that there, the film, the, the, film. Only, the only film, the, the one they made. There are, there are two films, yes. There are two Judge Dredd films, and in fact, I, I think, are there other films that are based on 2008 properties? There I don't might think be. so, unless I'm completely blanking on something. I'm pretty sure it's just Judge Dredd, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's not a Dredger film out there. I, again, I've made the mistake, that's a battle action thing. That is indeed a battle action thing. It's been all-consuming this year. Yeah, but you will take any opportunity to talk about Dredger. Oh yeah, every podcast. Yeah, get your bingo cards out. Yeah. Um. So well, we decided we've got this three week gap to to fill with stuff. We've we've had a few, a few ideas. You might have even heard one of them already. Mm. But one of our first ideas that we had is let's talk about that Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd 1995 film. Yes. Um. Because that is generally considered to be like a real like blot on Judge yeah. Dredd's career and we don't actually think it's bad we, we both quite like it I believe I had a great time watching it again Yeah, can't complain I mean I will complain over the next hour or so but like there are complaints to be made yeah sure. like it's not a perfect film no it's not even a good film ooh, ooh I don't know if okay I let's take there. it back it's not a great film mm. but it is a good film what I would say is it's maybe the most 1995 film I've ever ooh, seen in my life that's very true yeah I'd have to look through the films of uh, 1995 to like fully sign off on that but yeah I, I mean like I feel like it's almost the most 1985 film Ooh, I've ever seen no, no it's specifically quite 90s yeah because well, what it is is it's that 80s action movie with like just enough slightly newer stuff new stuff to not fit in the 80s anymore and not enough newer stuff to be the Matrix not to be it's definitely not the Matrix it is a billion miles away from the Matrix and only four years away it's weird that it's in the same decade yeah. as the Matrix I know the, the Matrix is like a big change in cinema and Absolutely, it's also yeah. exactly at the end of the decade mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's it's right in the middle it's 95 you know yeah. it's between the Matrix and that wrestling era where everybody was colourful yeah, this is a big uh, thing of yours actually and I think mm. it does apply directly to this so, so talk through your wrestling 90s thing I forget where I got this from if I'm stealing it like whole cloth from somewhere if it's just something I've given to myself but by the start of the 90s mm-hmm. it was very like hangover of the 80s yep. everything was very pink and neon and teal like think Saved by the Bell uh, The Undertaker was introduced in I think 1991 really? yeah That's and uh, The Ultimate Warrior was still around I think that's like when you were telling me about this the first yeah. time, you're like ultimate the early nineties are the ultimate warrior. The, the early nineties are absolutely the ultimate warrior. Yeah. Like he's pink, he's got tassels that talk to him, and then by <laughs> the end of the nineties, everyone's wearing like either their pants or jeans. Yeah, and it's all black and, and leather. Leather. It's not necessarily goth, but it's it's. I forget what the end of the nineties wrestling's called. I can never keep it in my uh, head. The Attitude Era. The Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. It's it's those two eras and the. Those are very wrestling-based, yeah. but they absolutely apply to the aesthetics of the 90s in general. It's a thing, much like the term kayfabe, where you can take that from the world of wrestling yes. and apply it as a lens that you view all sort of cultural things through. I was mm-hmm. going to say cultural changes, but you can't really do that with kayfabe. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that like the make-believe reality that you're supposed to believe in, but not necessarily really of wrestling kayfabe is a thing that you know you can apply to things like the the nerve center of 2000 AD and yes. the existence of Tharg where that's like a middle layer of the fiction between reality and the actual comics mm-hmm. you can also yeah um, so it, it definitely applies to Judge Dredd and it's sort of, sort of slap bang in the middle of that because it's literally 95 yeah. and it ha- it's very bright and colourful but also has like very sort of 
anime-inspired set design. There's a, there's a couple of ones that I wanted to call out when we get to them, but like mm-hmm. it's very like like you say, eighties, very eighties, very American, but also. It's post like Blade Runner, so it knows what a mega city is from Blade Runner. Yeah, right? if Blade Runner hadn't come out, this film wouldn't have been wouldn't have been greenlit. No, they wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, mega city. Yeah, we can just throw that concept in there. So it's very like I don't know. It's like the Fifth Element as well. The Fifth Element sort of in that. Had kind the of... Fifth Element come out? No, at this point? Fifth Element's after this. I'm hmm. pretty sure, unless I'm completely wrong. I'm pretty sure Fifth Element. Isn't Fifth Element like '97. If we were a more professional podcast, we'd just check now, but, but we're not. No, so... like we have to. Like, yeah, we started that. recording. We have yeah. to like keep talking until like we can't anymore. I mean, you can't pause recordings or anything. like No, that. I've not heard any. Certainly can't edit out bad takes. No, and like. We can edit. We can edit out physical bad takes, but we can't edit out like you know our bad takes. Indeed, I thought we should talk about this. We should talk through this in a similar way to how we talk through uh, a, a comic. So we should probably just do like a recap of the vague events of what happened mm-hmm. in the film. I mean, I've got, on. I've taken notes. Yeah, and I, I took notes as things were happening, and they they basically followed the main beats of the film mm. until I couldn't be bothered anymore. Because I got to a point in the film where I was just having fun and enjoying it. Yeah. And the, the, the effort of taking notes was taking me out of the film. Mm-hmm. So towards the end, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Statue of Liberty, I guess. And I didn't take notes because I'm lazy. I was told to by producer David, mm. and I dare not cross him. Uh, I have no fear of producer David, therefore... I, I, I didn't, but he's been very mean to me recently, <laughs> so... Um, the film opens with a shuttle coming into Mega City One, or well, actually, there's a bit of a sort of text crawl first of all to be like mm. nuclear war mega cities. We should definitely go back a bit because I, I watched this DVD on I watched it on DVD, yeah, on a DVD I've had. I, for, I also watched it on your DVD, a DVD I might have had for twenty years, if mm. not like maybe fifteen or so. It says it's widescreen, yeah, and that's the most lying cover of any cover <laughs> we've had. Because like, I, I did think, should we like, should we like bring up a picture of the poster for the Judge Dread movie and talk about like, is that a lying cover? Mm. What do you think of the cover? Well, the, the artwork by the artwork's great, but like the, the cover says widescreen, right? And I know there's a whole thing about pan and scan and widescreen. I didn't think that was still a problem for DVDs, yeah, but apparently it is because our copy, the copy we watched this on, was like watching it in a little box. It was like watching a DVD on yeah. a, like a laptop. Like I don't know what went wrong. Sloggers, uh, imagine you've got your TV, your modern widescreen, yep. flat screen LED TV, and uh, a an area about half the size of the TV is being displayed on, mm-hmm. surrounded entirely by black outline. And I did when I was watching it. I did play around a little bit yeah. in settings and things to see if I could stop it doing that. And not easily. I couldn't stop it doing it, but I could zoom in. So I, I didn't even bother. I, eventually. Zo- I just I just watched a tiny, well, <laughs> a tiny want, screen within a screen. I wanted to interrupt you on that because you were talking about like a text crawl. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I can't remember what it said. And I'm wondering, is that because of my memory or because I just couldn't fucking see it? They also read it out. It's like yeah. two sentences. Um, Cursed Earth chat. It's Judge Dredd. Does the Judge Dredd set up? If you're listening to this, you've almost certainly... Uh, you might almost certainly have seen the film, but you definitely know what the setting of Judge Dredd is. Mm-hmm. And this film, to its credit, largely sticks to the actual setting of Judge Dredd. The settings there, the sort of tone... It, it's the, the, main, the main problem of the film, before we get into beat by beat of it, mm-hmm. is that like it's a parody of America yeah. being made now by Americans. Yes. Who may or may not get that it's a parody. I, I think we can maybe say they don't get that it's a parody. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's a very played straight film. Where, like, if it was... If they did get it was a parody, I feel like they would probably have done better with it. 
I think they maybe so at some point someone knew it was supposed to be a parody. Oh yeah, um, but that's not the product they made. No, no. In the end, no. No, it's it's that thing where it's like you're beyond parody. So like they they made a Sylvester Stallone film of the the exact thing that your parody is, mm-hmm. but it just turns out that a Sylvester Stallone film is already that. Yeah, so, especially in the nineties. Yeah, it's beyond parody. I don't even think it's attempt in parody. I think it's just trying to be like. Silly. It's trying to be silly in places, mm-hmm. and it's also, but that doesn't work when it's also trying to be dead serious about the like the plot of Judge Dredd, like not like the plot of Judge Dredd, but its own plot that's yeah. given literally Judge Dredd in this film is like you have to take it seriously. Um, yeah, and as much as you're to take any kind of like campy action movie plot seriously, yeah, normally it wouldn't be a problem. If it was like any other Sloan film, it wouldn't be a problem, right? It's not a problem with Demolition Man, mm-hmm. but like. Demolition Man, I would say, great double feature. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. But in Demolition Man, it's just some Stallone guy. Yeah. I, I, I should know the name of him. I want to say he's called John something or other. I was going to say John Matrix, but that's an Arnold Schwarzenegger that's John, character. Yeah, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, like, it's... John Demolition. John, yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> the um, the problem is uh, Judge Dredd is an arsehole. And like, yeah, like we we know this that. Judge Dredd is not as much of an arsehole because he's the hero. But that's a problem. Yeah, it, it is a problem, but it's a it's a symptom of something much larger that mm. um, I would like to talk to. But I I really want to at least start this recap. <laughs> I really want to at least start this recap. Yep. Because I've got a particular line. Okay, go, go on. We start the film with a shuttle coming in to Mega City One, mm-hmm. where we follow our hero Rob Schneider. Yep. Because like that's, you know, that's this whole like intro bit is like the shuttle comes in. It's like wow, look at the wonders of this mm. poorly CGI Mega City One through the eyes of Rob Schneider. There's a joke in um, The Simpsons about Troy McClure getting the uh, acting job as uh, McBain's sidekick in the new McBain yes. film. Yes, and that that always made me think that line and Judge Dredd made me think that was like a trope mm-hmm. that action movies had like a. Like a hardcore leading man and like a comedy guy sidekick. That is, definitely is a trope. Can you name other ones? Because I was like, when I was watching Judge Dredd, I was like, is this really the only uh, time that the this... kid from the last action movie? That's not quite is, the it, same. But he he is like an he's supposed to be a lampshading mm. of that trope. Uh, the other one, which I think McBean is specifically talking yeah. about, is famously Dirty Harry's sidekicks all die. Okay. His I, partners. I don't think I've actually seen... I don't even know if that's, like, literally true, but, mm. like, a lot of them... Is do. there, like, an Arnold one where that's true? Because I feel like that's the one-to-one, and I can't um, think of... I mean, like, McBain is supposed to be... Yeah. Rainier Wolfcastle, rather, is meant to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of, like, Terminator. No. Because, um, like, kid, kid psychics are, like, a different thing. In Commando, he had, like, a air hostess woman sidekick, and I don't think she died or anything. Yeah. But Rob Schneider definitely died in the the original cut of this. Uh, but he does not die in this. No, because like, like, I was thinking when I was watching it the first time, like thinking about like things that I could have as jokes. Yeah. And, like, oh, our hero, Rob Schneider. Schneider. And actually, like through a certain viewing, kinda. Well, that's Rob Schneider is like the the, the heart of this film, which is a horrible <laughs> thing to say. I remember, I remember, like, so all my life, right? Rob Schneider, Rob Schneider is a punchline, yeah, and he also doesn't. Rob, Rob Schneider is bad in bad. No, he's not called Ben Stiller. What's he called? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler films. He's bad in bad Adam Sandler films, and then he went on to be bad in bad Rob Schneider films mm-hmm. from Adam Sandler's production company. I remember watching European Gigolo. Yeah. Um. The the thing is, I remember him being bad, 
And that's what it's talked about. Like, he's yeah. a punchline. And also, he doesn't seem like a great guy in general nowadays. So he, He's part of the, the narrative of this film being bad. Yeah. Because, like, Rob Schneider's in it. Ha ha. And Rob Schneider's bad. Yeah. But actually, in this, Rob Schneider's pretty good. See, I remember thinking that for the last 10 to 15 years. Because mm. I hadn't sat down and watched it properly. And, like, the more I watched the, the, this sitting, I was like, I guess he is bad. Like, I can see at the time, mm. I can see at the time it being unbearable. I would say that in this, he's he's maybe not good, mm. but he's fine. He's, he's certainly fine. Yeah. And, like, he's also the heart of the film, and also the, one of the reasons why, like, not only is Judge Dredd an arsehole, he's, like, directly compared to Rolf Schneider. Like, like he, he, he gets... It's, it's, it's hard for me. I'm just going to bounce around. I'm going to bounce around what happens. Judge Dredd gets done for a crime he didn't commit. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to Rob Schneider, the heart of the film. And he calls him out for it. Uh, and it's never really... Did Rob Schneider get done for a crime he didn't commit? Because my memory of okay. it is Rob Schneider goes to his, his new apartment that he's been assigned. His living assignment. He's just gotten out of prison. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to his apartment that he's been assigned. And it's already been taken over by a block war gang who mm-hmm. are in the middle of a block war. Blo- I've written block war in my notes. Yeah. With an ex- it's, it's called a block there, there's war. There's a guy who goes, it's a block war! People talk about how that the first twenty minutes are great, and they are. They they certainly are. They are. They are an episode. They're there's issue of Judge Dredd, mm. and if you only watch the first twenty minutes, fair enough. Um, there's some judges who are on the scene, mm. and they're they're getting shot at by the block war guys, and uh, one of them's Hershey. Did not remember that. Yeah, Hershey's in this film. Hershey, I guess Hershey is the female lead of this film. My notes here just say Hershey. I guess <laughs> Hershey apparently. Without a severe bob. Yeah, it doesn't which, look like Hershey. Why Why would you do Hershey but without a severe bob? But this does mean, and I hadn't appreciated this, that those two Judge Dredd films that exist, one of them has the female lead being, like, kind of rookie Hershey. Yeah. And the other one has rookie Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess we'll need to have a third one made and have, like, DeMarco or somebody... Rookie DeMarco. ...be the female lead. Mm. But, there, so there's the, the bit where Judge Dredd turns up, and I immediately had a bit... Because, like, when Hershey and... Red shirts. Yeah. Are, are uh, rookie. R- rookie, yeah. Is he called Rookie? He's called Rookie and or Kid. I noticed that they didn't have the, the big dumb eagle. Oh. And I was thinking like, oh, I'd really remembered the costume design being much more accurate in this. I thought, yeah. I, I thought he had the big dumb e- eagle, mm. but I guess he doesn't. Dread turns up. Dread gets the big dumb eagle. Nobody else does. Dread also gets a golden cod piece, and nobody else does. Just, is it only Dread that's the golden cod? There's, there's like one guy later on in the film who's got the exact same costume as Dread, yeah. and I think that's so Dread can steal his clothes. Yes, I was. I was sure that like all the male judges had the cod piece. No, like the cod R- piece rookie is, definitely doesn't. The cod piece. It's and it's all of the like extras ones don't. I have no problem with the cod piece in the same way that I have no problem at all with the bat nipples mm. or bat arse from Batman Forever and I'm Batman Robin. I'm calling out the cod piece as something that Pe- offended me. People do though. People are like, why did they give him like, oh, like... I mean, like, okay. Yeah. If it bothers you, sure. It's but... a very... I was thinking about this on the way over and I don't think I put it in my notes but like the homoeroticism mm. of Dread in this film is incredible. Yes, because to to spoil something that I was going to talk about at the end of the wrap up, like Hershey does kiss him at the end, yes, and I was a bit like, all right, Hollywood, and it's a bit one of those it's things. It's very Hollywood. It's very Hollywood. It's it's as Hollywood as Judge Dredd spending ninety percent of this film with his hat off. Yeah, um, but like they just. Did. But in fairness to Judge Dredd. like as characterized by Sylvester Stallone, Hershey like goes in and kisses him. Yep, and then he's a bit like, uh, okay, yeah. Um, Bye. I'm going to go back on my runs now. Because, <laughs> like, the, the end of the film, like, it, like it's very Hollywood in, like, 
it's been like a will they won't they kind of yeah. like he needs to learn to open his heart and it's like well you, you don't really understand the character of Judge Red there but um, fair enough for this film for Hollywood for the mid 90s but he, he doesn't kiss her back basically he, he is kissed by her he is kissed by her and he has a sort of like okay like and then goes and does his rounds. He, he could very much just be like, I'm sorry, Hershey, like, I, I like you, but I don't really see you that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, it's it kind of has the same ending as Dread, the 2012 film. Yeah, because he, he does the whole... He does he does the film. Yeah. And is like, right, back to work. Back to traffic patrol now. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it, the same ending. Yeah. The same ending. It's a good ending. Like it's it, it kind of nails the tone exactly. Yeah. In a way that I think is sacrilege for most people... The, like Judge Dredd yeah, yeah. Um, this was like a wound in 95 like yeah. people, people had like 15 years of build up they, they read the comic every week and then they Americanized it and yeah. they took his hat off and he kissed a warm and... I, th- I mean like yeah I can definitely see how there's the reaction of like they made this Hollywood because they did they did um, but like they would have to or you wouldn't have a film and it's it's far from the worst example of that I think like think of the amount. It's of, probably the post child for it. Think of the amount of pre MCU comic book movies that mm. got made. Yes, and think about how bullshit they had to be to exist. <laughs> think of the movie for Steel. Steel, yes, with his With like, Shaq, Shaquille, right? Shaquille O'Neal being being John Henry Irons mm. and like a veteran like weapons development guy mm. with rubber steel armor that <laughs> flopped around all over the place. Nano steel. I want to say one of the Breakfast Club was the villain of that film. Maybe. Yeah. Um, think about, like, Elektra. Or, yeah. or indeed, Daredevil. And I actually don't mind that Daredevil film. But <laughs> people, people say good things about that director's cut. Mm. But, like, you know, there, there's all sorts of these weird, like, the Phantom and things like that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like, this, this is sort of in that yeah. vein, because this this is post-Batman 89. Yeah. Where they're making lots of, like, superheroes and pulp heroes. Even and... Batman 89. Great film. Really like that film. Mm. Not exactly, like, paying that much attention to being an accurate Batman adaptation. No, it's just a Batman aesthetic yeah. kind of film. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't mind it. And it's mainly because I've seen this film in bits... Many times over the course of my life on Channel Five, yeah, and any film that is like a perennial Channel Five film, I can't be angry at. Also, like maybe unlike a lot of the 2008 fans that were offended by this, I was four years old at the time. Exactly, it came out. like we were young. It was just the Judge Dredd film. Yeah. Right? I probably saw this film before we knew 2008 was a thing. Uh, I certainly saw this film before I read any Judge Dredd comics. Yeah, because as you say, it was on Channel Five. It's just a Stallone film with like a fun aesthetic. Yeah. I think this might have even been like my entryway into anything 2080 related. Because I believe the sequence of events would have been I was watching it on Channel 5. Channel 5. And my mum was like, oh, the Judge Dredd film, blah, blah, blah. I've got all those comics. Yeah. Uh, and then like she gave me some of the annuals to read because uh, those were to hand or something like yeah, that. Yeah, on the shelf. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 I think it's for kids. I think that is a good entry yeah. point. Into, like that's probably people are like really, I can feel the pitchforks being raised but like <laughs> four kids in the 90s before you knew that 2080 was a thing mm. and it's just on channel 5 that's not a bad thing no no I also remember it being much longer than it is uh, I because of channel 5 I remember it being shorter really? yeah you were saying about like because of the advert breaks you're expecting to be there for I, three hours I was expecting it to be three hours I'm also an old man because I was like I was sitting down it was like seven o'clock at night and I put a film on, and I was like, well, this is going to be my whole night. And then it was only like an hour and a half long, and then the whole night too. And I was like, oh, 
Yeah. Jesus. I had a kind of similar experience because I watched this and then immediately watched the second half of a film that I'd seen on Netflix after mm, it. Mm. I can't remember if Channel 5, this is just becoming a Channel 5 podcast, <laughs> I can't remember if Channel 5 had the vibe of they would show the news in the middle of a film because ITV would. Definitely. And like Die Hard with the news in is the optimum way to watch Die Hard, I would say. <laughs> but um, that, that's a joke I stole from uh, Richie Morgan on Twitter. Yeah, very good. It, it, it sticks in my head though because like, yeah, well, I, could, I could just start a film at a certain time and then put the news on. Well, what it... <laughs> you could, absolutely. What what it makes me think of is, do you do, like, a, a, a fan edit of Die Hard where it's like, and now the news, and but the news is just, like, terrorists have taken over the Nakatomi Plaza. Plaza. yeah. That'd be really fun. Yeah. That'd be a lot of effort, but very fun. I mean, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that... Hugh Edwards isn't doing anything. He could probably use a bit of... Uh... What a choice! <laughs> Edit like we might have to edit around that. Like, <laughs> I couldn't have pulled out like a more like I'm not going to say problematic, but like for editing purposes, problematic name of a newsreader. I had forgotten the whole thing until he said it. There, I was going to say Trevor McDonald, but then I thought he might be dead. John McKay. <laughs> Trevor McDonald's not dead, right? I have no idea. This isn't a Sean Connery situation where he's been dead for like multiple years and I've just never taken it in and never internalised it. Trevor McDonald might be dead, but I, I don't. I don't know. think Trevor McDonald's dead. Please, like editors, put in a, a box saying like yeah. Trevor McDonald has been dead for the last fifteen years, if true. Uh, I'm going to clap and then we can stop talking. Start talking as if I hadn't said anything about Hugh Edwards. Hello Sloggers, Editing Michael here. It turns out that Trevor McDonald is not dead, he's just old. Uh, I didn't think it felt very long to, to watch this film at no, all. No, no, it was very um, short to watch. But I did kind of forget the whole intermediate bit of the film where they go into the Cursed Earth. Really? You'd forget? Because yeah. that's one of the things that stands out to me, because that's like, you, you have your film where it's in the city, yeah. and it's the thing you want to see aesthetics-wise, and then you go to the Cursed Earth and it's just like a desert. And... You've got to sort of, like, show the setting... Like the duality of the setting, they, I guess. One of the things I've spoken to many people over the many years about this film is that they tried to cram too much in. Yeah, and I don't think the Cursed Earth is too much. It's nowhere near as bad as how they tried to cram too much into the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's the bar for me. You know, again, in films that I didn't think were that bad at the time, I didn't mm. think Green Lantern was that. Bad. It's definitely not as bad as the Big Fucking Bang Theory makes it out to be. No, you, it's not as bad as the reaction to it. No, um, not. It's a film. Like it's yeah. like get you fucking nerds. <laughs> like oh, it's it's an, it didn't launch a billion dollar franchise, did it? All right. There are some absolutely bizarre choices in oh, the yeah. Green Lantern film, but like overall, like it's entirely watchable. I liked the bit where he made a, a Green Lantern energy construct that was some Hot Wheels cars. Yeah. Should we talk about the plot of the film again? The plot of the film, well, because like the the first twenty minutes, yeah, like, they're they're so good. Block War, Hershey, Block War. Dread turns up. His first line of the fucking movie mm-hmm. is "Adam, Dunbar! <laughs> he's not talking to anyone in particular. Well, he's got a little. He doesn't have a little microphone that comes yeah, it comes like zoop, and he announces that. But it's not like you know, citizens. If you you know, I'm reading the riot act. Yeah, yeah. It's just literally, I am Dunbar! <laughs> It's like the thesis statement of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Like, if it had stuck to that tone and vibe throughout, yeah. it would be a classic. Uh, and then a few things happen where he, like, goes over to Hershey and is all like, the effective range of those guns is less than how far away they're firing yeah. from. We're perfectly safe. Stop cowering behind your bike. And I'm like, okay, but what yeah. if they've got a different gun? I mean, like, or... effective range is a thing, mm. but... I wouldn't trust that. Also, like, you know, it's not like you're in space marine armor. Yeah. You're not in power armor. Like, you've got exposed flesh and, like, exposed, like, you know, clothes. You're, they're not Kevlar lined yeah. or whatever. 
Uh, Judge Dredd then walks into the ground floor of one of the blocks mm. and then drops down from the ceiling of the room. I really the like that. We, I noted that at the time. <laughs> I, I, I choose not to question that. <laughs> I want to say that also, uh, Dredd's entrance this, this, into this film mm-hmm. is exactly the same as like how Robocop enters a Robocop film. Because there's some cops, rookie cops, yeah. doing things. They need they need to call for backup, and then it, like it cuts to like a close up of the the law master yeah. and the lights go on, and that, and then he drives in. And I, I, I say a Robocop. This is probably just Robocop three because it's the one I think of. But like, it's the one you allow yourself. It's to think the one of. I allow. People keep making me trying to make me think about <laughs> Robocop recently. And I'm just not fucking having it. I mean, it's probably all the Judge Dredd talk. It is all the Judge Dredd talk. Like, but um. There's a lot of shared DNA. Lots, they wanted to make a Judge Dredd film when they made Robocop. Yeah. They, they couldn't get the rights or whatever, so they made Robocop. They made Robocop. And then they then made a Judge Dredd film off the success of those Robocop. And yeah. I, I feel like the narrative is there is they made Robocop 1, big success, Robocop 2, which people don't like. I, I remember people liking it. I remember my dad loving it. So, like. I don't know if I've ever seen Robocop 2. It's like. It's written by Frank Miller. Yeah. Like, rich, literally, like, he wrote the script. I, I remember you telling me. Um. He gets cut off again. That's one of the first things that happens. So, like, they blow off his robot limbs. No, they, 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 he's in a factory and they, they magnetize him and then they cut off his limbs with a chainsaw. Okay. And then they throw all of his bits back in front of the police department. And the, the chief's like, li- the chief literally says, Not again! <laughs> like, that's one of the things I allow myself to think about with Robocop because it's fine. Everybody's fine. He's already a robot. Yeah. Um,. I'm talking about Robocop now. So he enters that film like Robocop. Yeah. And then he just, when he descends from the ceiling, and I'm pretty sure Mr. Krabs is one of the, the like Mega City goons. Could be. I, I've meant to check that before. Why have a look at the, the cast. Wait, is he like the main one that's... You know there's a main guy that gets lines. Yeah. Like he, he looks Mr. Krabsian to me, but I could be wrong. Does he sound Mr. Krabs? He doesn't sound... Mr. Krabs is a voice actor. Well, he can yes. sound like what he wants. He's not doing the Mr. Krabs voice. I would imagine that most of his voices share a certain timber or rasp and, 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 and nautical. He's also the villain from Highlander. So. Okay. Oh yeah, is he? Wow. That, that's Mr. Krabs. Yeah. The Krugan. Yeah. yeah. He's the drill sergeant in uh, Starship Troopers. You know the one that throws the knife at the guy. Yeah. He's, he gets about. Fair enough. Um, after Dread deals with the situation, uh, they find Rob Schneider, uh, who has run away from the situation where he was being inducted into the block ward. Yeah, he, he didn't want to do the block ward. He's just out of jail. He was hiding in a little dro- drone? Droid? Droid. droid? A droid. It, it didn't really look like a droid. It was like a cart thing. Yeah. Um, but that previously had been seen wandering around the hallways going, eat recycled food. It's good for the economy and okay, okay. for you. That's a great line. Yeah. How is that... How do people not love this film? <laughs> it's a great line. So I was saying that he was committed of crime he didn't commit. He, yes. he, like, he, he absolutely, because like what they pulled him out for was tampering with that mm, droid. Yeah. Uh, a publicly owned droid. Mm. And he did do that. Now, whether or not your 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 Nor- point is that like that should be fine because it was an emergency circumstance, mm. the law apparently does not uh, th- th- does not provide for that defense. It's a bad. It's like it's a misstep because yeah. like I get you, and we've talked long and hard on the podcast about dread being a petty arsehole yeah. who write you a ticket for anything, and like that is a crime or whatever. Like fair enough, the law doesn't permit it, but in situations where like he's running away from a block war and trying not to shoot at judges, yeah. I, it, it shows it, in the film itself it shows how petty and horrible Dredd is and like, yeah. I guess that's the start of his arc and maybe he won't be writing people up for this 
after this film, but I also don't buy that because he doesn't change with the course no, of the film. No, I don't think they're really supposed to think that he does change. And it's, it meant, it, like, they, they draw a direct comparison. In fact, actually, I would say that one of the flaws of this film, and you were saying that Rob Schneider definitely gets killed in a cut of this yeah. film, which I, I, I do see where you're saying. That was brought up by Mr. Sunday Movies because they were like, look at this scene, look at him, like, not being look with at, any. Look at them cutting to the shots that Rob Schneider's in yeah. uh, to have his lines at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but not only that. I think that one of the flaws of this film is that like the whole film should happen, mm-hmm. and like Rob Schneider should be there, being like, "Oh, we sure did it, Dread. We sure showed yeah. them." And then Dread be like, "Yes, very good. Uh, I'm charging you with the escape from <laughs> from a prison transport and uh, and illegal entry into Mega City One." Illegal. See, like again. That's the kind of funny thing you can do, but it doesn't make sense with the plot of the film because Dredd Dredd would also have to charge himself. And and he would charge himself. But, like, it's that sort of, like, they're trying to That would also kind of be a funny way to end it. Like, see if he was, like, getting onto his bike and, like, not caring when he was kissed by by Hershey. And, like, it wasn't like, I've got to get back to work. It was Mm. like, no, I've got to get back to jail, actually. (laughs) I have to go to the cubes. I'm going to cube myself because I... I I did not commit the crime that I was originally convicted of, but I did commit the crime of escaping that conviction. I did commit the crime of killing, like, 20 judges, (laughs) which happens in this film. It does, yeah. He kills so many judges. I think largely it's the sort of, like, Batman defensible thing where mostly they just die while they're chasing him. But, well, well, but yeah, he leads them to their doom. Yeah, and also he's a, he's fleeing justice. You yeah, know? Like he's also there is like three types of judges in this film. There's judges mm-hmm. that look like judges, cod piece or no cod piece. Yep. There's like evil judges who are all in black. Yeah, the ones that are chasing him in that one scene, and they're meant to be—they're meant to be that it's okay to kill them judges because they're all in black. They're, yeah. they're Nazi judges. I was thinking, are they the SJS? Isn't called out at all. I don't think that they are because I'm not even sure that the SJS was around in the comics in nineteen. Sloggers, right? Are. Right in. Tell us when the SJS. SJS. They're either the SJS or the SJs. I'm not sure if there's an apostrophe. The judge judges. Yeah. Um, they might even just be called the super judges. <laughs> SJs, I don't know. There's MOOC judges as well, though. There's judge guards that are in like grey. Uh, no, that's city death. That is a thing. Is that city death? Yeah. But they look like judges, though. Like they're... They've got similar armor, yeah. They, they, the goons in this film look great. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love good goon work because you, you go in and expect it just to be judge goons. There's three flavors. The amount of plastic on yeah. display. The, 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 the audio of those scenes where they just they must have be all like clanking and like yeah. rippling. They in, incredibly dumb Rob Liefeld guns as well. Yeah, like huge, huge guns, huge big barrel. Like uh, looks absurd in in Sylvester Stallone's hands. Yeah, how huge these guns are. Dumb guns. Like the the lawgiver looks okay. The the shotgun. The lawgiver, I think, looks really good. Mm-hmm. I think the lawgiver. This design of lawgiver looks better than the actual lawgiver because the lawgiver in the comics is a silly like it's very seventies yeah. like sci-fi gun design. That's Iconic got that, though. It's got that dial on it to show you which setting it's set to and all that. Um, People, I've, I've seen artists take issue with like how weedy Judge Dredd's gun is, even though he's like a gun-based guy. Mm. And yeah, but like it's iconic. Like it, that's a part of his character. Also, design. he's not a soldier; he's a police. Yeah, so he doesn't need. He's, yeah, it's like, a utility gun as well. It does different things. I, I think you called this out on a previous episode, but like the the fact that the militarization of police has gotten to the stage where you look at Judge Dredd, yeah, and you're like, oh, he seems a bit lightly armored, but, but under that's prepared. horrifying. <laughs> what world we look like edging closer to that mega city? Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, like design work and like the design of the cars and stuff looks really cool. Like all the it's a lot of flying vehicles. A lot of flying recall. vehicles. There's a big thing made about the flying. Yeah, like, the, the lawgiver's flying functions are bad. Law, I always mess up. Lawgiver's a gun. Lawman. I don't understand. Like every time I've watched this film since I was a child, I don't understand why the lawmaster that flies is like a weird prototype thing. Because, like, oh, if they ever get it working. It's like, literally, for exactly that one scene where he's, like, falling to us and he's trying to start the flying. Yeah. And, like, they've had to set up some doubt whether or not it'll actually work. So they can have the shot of him being like, whoa, soaring off into the air. But this is a mega city where all the cars are flying anyway. Like, how are you. How are you. You own the city. You are the budget. Like. No, I, I agree with you. It's a dumb, it's a dumb thing. It's, it's always weirded me out. Very strange. Where were we in our plot? He, he does uh, a plot. We're, we're still in the first bit. He does a plot. He's form. found Rob Schneider. Puts and him Rob, to jail. Schneider, Rob Schneider's function in this part of the film is to show you how big of a deal Judge Dredd is. Because mm. not only has Judge Dredd already uh, done some judging, mm. killed those guys, he's also introduced his catchphrase for the movie, which oh, is God. "I knew you'd say that." That's just an inherently bad thing in the film. Yeah. It's just not defensible in any way. Someone says, "He's like, how do you plead?" They say, "Not guilty," and he leans in and goes, "I knew you'd say that." Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's the most Stallone I've seen Stallone be really. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to, another line that I had ready about this film is that um, I never thought I would say these words. But Sylvester Stallone emotes too much for this character. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Sylvester Stallone's an interesting actor because yeah. he like initially sort of rose to prominence off the back of specifically Rocky One yep. and specifically Rambo One, mm-hmm. which is a kind of almost psychological drama about returning back from Vietnam and being rejected by the country that sent you there. Yeah. Um, so like he kind of has this like this this foundation of being quite a serious actor writer director he type. has Oscars uh, and then immediately betrayed that for the entire rest of his career <laughs> by being the second biggest meathead in Hollywood mm. but he, he's had swing rounds like the Creed films and things people really like yeah and... I'm sure I'm sure they are good I haven't actually seen any Creed films I've, in... seen, I've seen the first two Rockies he's in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and 3 yep um, but yeah, like he is like an action star. It's weird that it's, yeah. it's a weird. I don't quite know how that. I happens. guess like Rocky did well with action fans because it does have yeah. action in it. But like, it's not an action movie. No, but, yeah. Very odd that it was like not to sixty on that. Like yeah. it wasn't like slow progress. It just happened overnight. I, I think it might. Rocky is like a macho thing. Like he's a boxer, but yeah. like I don't think of like I don't think of like original Rocky has been particularly like swole as well. Like he's like no, a, he, he's not. He's more like like what's the word rangy, lean, yeah. and like kind of like you know. He, he does a lot of running up hills. He can't do that with his muscles. You know? Is it just that like the very moment that uh, Sylvester Stallone was able to afford steroids, mm. <laughs> he just I don't know stopped trying or the steroids got to his brain or something. <laughs> I don't know. He, he sends Schneider to jail. He sends Schneider to jail and because Schneider is just out of jail and he's already committed a crime. Mm. So they like the the law says you have to be harsher and it's like a three strikes rule kind of thing. Mm. And also, uh, I'm saying that Schneider's role in this is to show how big of a deal Dread is because when he's getting arrested, he's like, "Hey, listen, Judge uh, Dread, Dread." Yeah, like that's that's one of the few times we get that reaction from people, and it's like, "Holy shit!" It's specifically Judge Dread. Give them a lot of credit. It's not an origin film. Like mm-hmm. it's not how Dread became Dread or anything. I kind of think it should have been an origin. Probably, film. probably for the day. But. Yeah. Um, I'll take it as it is, though, because it's just like, here's all of the plots, and like... I don't necessarily think it should have been an origin-origin film, but mm. like, there's a lot of unexplored drama here, because for the rest of the film, we're dealing with Rico. Rico's this is in the this. Rico movie. I 
We'll start here. So everyone... And Miko's already in jail. He's already in jail. He's not in Titan. He's in Aspen. Yes. Colorado? I guess so, yeah. Which you can just take a jet to and from, and they do all the time, and one of the key plot points of this film is jets going between Mega City 1 and Aspen. Uh, he's in he's in Magneto's jail cell. Yes, uh, it's got like auto cannons targeting him yeah. and shields and things. Uh, another one of the high ranking judges, but not the chief judge because that's Judge Fargo is the chief judge. Mm. I picked up on that after our recent like who the fuck is Fargo yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> All the villains of this film have incredible, indefinable accents. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Rico's from, or if he's, he's if that actor is that's his normal speaking voice, or if he's doing an accent. Well, I, I looked him up while I was watching because I was like, who, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And like, he's just an Italian American actor. So it's Italian. Yeah. Okay. And he's, he's he's been in other films, but nothing I particularly recognise. He's in no way like genetically, say, like a pug or like because <laughs> he, he's so short and like he's not actually that short. He feels he has like short energy. The thing with Rico, I don't know if the film is like framing him shortly, but he looks like a little pug yeah. man. As we've talked be- about before, Rico is Dredd's clone. They're both the clone of the same guy. Yeah, clone brother. Like. Um, there's there's a whole thing where he, they, he, it's actually like a genetically engineered super soldier kind of thing. So it's not just a clone. It's like all a com- combination of all the best of like, again judges or whatever. Think about what you're saying, and then think about the actor <laughs> who is a genetically engineered well, super clone man. You see, you see, there is one line. And it's very important to a point which I'll make mm. later on. There is one line where the, where like Judge Red is being told this, mm. and he's like, "Yeah, he's your clone brother." But you see, something went wrong in the process. Yes. That created Rico, and uh, his genetics mutated to being the perfect criminal. Yeah, I've gotten that um, written down here. It's genetically mutated into the perfect criminal. Is a yeah. literal line. I mean, that's great. <laughs> we don't. We sort of. The film makes a lot of them doing crime. Like he breaks out of jail. Yeah. Uh, well, like, he breaks out of jail in a really cool way. Because yeah. the guy who, who goes to Rico is like, oh, "I've been tasked to give you this message," and he hands him over like a little communicator mm. thing. And uh, it's, it's a gadget. It's like a, a pull-apart gun thing. Yeah. And uh, it plays a little message to him, and he's, he has some line. I don't know yeah. if you've noted it down in your notes. No. Um, but he's like, it's it's like the only real law or something like that. Yeah. And he, like, tugs on it, and it like, just becomes a gun. He shoots the guy. and uh, Through the neck. Through, so, so, the... So, that, so that the autocannons can't recognize his voice anymore. And they shoot him. And they just shoot him. You might think... That the autocannons would register that their prisoner had shot someone with a gun and shoot Rico instead. Yeah. But no. No, it, it, it doesn't bear scrutiny, but it is like a, oh, look, there's a lot of things in it where like your dad will love this. Like yeah. it's a very your dad action film. He, he also breaks out of that jail after that. He doesn't just kill the warden. He breaks out of that jail by pretending to be a dead body. I think he kills some mooks as well in yeah. that scene, but it's like, how many mooks are in, like, there must be other guys in this prison. Like, how did he. You just have to accept that he gets out of that prison because yeah. it's like that scene is him getting out of the prison, yeah. even though like the actual steps of him getting out of that prison presumably are much more than those steps that we see. Probably, but you know we've got a limited amount. We of do have time. very much of a limited amount of time. He gets out of the prison. He gets to Mega City One. He goes to a like uh, what would you call that? A pawn shop. A pawn shop, yeah. really. And uh, it's all like, ah, there's a package here for me. Mm. And it's a, it's a package of a lawgiver. And the guy's like, hey, I've got some exposition to tell you yeah. here. Don't touch that. That's a lawgiver. If anybody other than a judge touches one of those, it'll blow your hand off. And he picks it up and shoots him. He's like, I, must oh, I guess it must be a judge. And also, there's a, uh, a very good puppet of an ABC warrior yes. there. Yes. It, it's less good than I remember it being. I think, but... I think like, in a vacuum, mm. it looks 
great. Yeah. As it's implemented in the film, and this is probably as good as they could have done, mm. it just moves too slowly. It moves too slowly, and like it is a puppet. There's, so there's it... a lot of it punching things, and it's mm. like it's it's like it's moving through treacle. Yeah, yeah. but it's big. Big things move it's, slowly. It's big, and it also has uh, wrist guns. Mm. And in the scenes where it uses its wrist guns instead of physically punching people, mm. it looks even better. Because it just needs to point. Yeah. The ABC Warrior is one of the things that's like, oh, I shouldn't have put that in because like, you're trying to... It's not to, you, you, from Dread. It's not yeah. from Dread, but who cares? It's, it's a robot that we recognise. It's Hammerstein. Yeah. Uh, Hammerstein. It doesn't have a hammer. I don't think it's... It might be Hammerstein without a helmet, but... Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. It's got that face. And, like, you can collect them if they're, like, deactivated as, like, a line in the film. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay. Because they're from the last war. The, the atomic war? The, or presumably any war pre I guess. Um, so Rico just has an ABC warrior bodyguard for the yeah. rest of the film, and I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Like it's not a he, he needs he's he's such he's just such a little guy, <laughs> he's just a wee man that he needs like a big like he's a wee man who's being funded by somebody and is being provided with a copy of Judge Dredd specific um, <laughs> uniform. Yeah, and he goes and he kills the only reporter in the world. The only, well, they set up the report yeah. in the first 20 minutes. He reports on, like, 20 yeah. dead they, the block they, they, they do the thing, which I've heard somebody talk about this with um, screenwriting, where mm. you have a setup, a reminder, and a payoff. Yeah. And they do the exact thing here, where the reporter, the only reporter in the world, yeah. is reporting on a block war at the start Very of the Very 90s reporter as yeah. well. Uh, strong Kent Brockman energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is then, you're reminded of it because when Rico, I think Rico, is going through the city, there's like just a TV in the street. A CRT TV that's just above a, like a neon megasized. Yeah. And it's showing, it. it's showing a news report from that same guy. Mm-hmm. And then finally, there's a shot of like him at home with his wife talking mm-hmm. about like, oh, you can't possibly report on this news. It'll be so, so embarrassing to Justice Department. What will they do to it you? It could bring down the council. Yeah. And then Judge Dredd, in quotes, walks in mm. and shoots him and walks out. And that's 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 how Judge Dredd gets framed, because it's Rico, and uh, no one can tell that it's not actually Judge Dredd, because they look so damn similar! They look so damn similar, and also it's, it's grainy CRT-TV-like footage, but also his lawgiver, the lawgiver's bullets are coded to the genes that fire them. Yeah, and of course, importantly, yeah. Judge Dredd and Rico have the exact same genetic code. Exact same. And so there's no way to tell the difference. Importantly, mm-hmm. remember that because his genetic information mutated mm-hmm. to make him the perfect criminal. Yes, and also... So this this film cannot decide whether or not they are genetically identical. They're identical it enough. Keeps, it keeps getting itself yeah. mixed up with that. There's a, they're identical enough for framing purposes and for it to be the incident that propels the rest of the film. I'm not actually complaining, right? No. Like, it's a dumb 90... It, in a way, it's better that they just don't fucking know what they're talking yeah. about with genetics because it's, it's more of a fun, dumb 90s oh, film yeah. to watch. It gives me a lot of um, like Metal Gear Solid recessive, yeah. unrecessive gene vibes. I, I, I will be complaining about it extensively because it just it, it just continues to not make sense. <laughs> like every time, like whether or not they're clones of each other comes up, it, it it's kind of contradicting the last time yeah. they did it. The the sheer restraint of this film for Stallone not to be playing a dual role. Yeah, because like that's that's what, se- that's what I would do. Yeah, ex- right. You give your leading man like more screen time and like ego stuff, like stuff to you, do. You even do the thing because, of course, 
uh, before this point, we've had a scene back at the academy mm. where Dred's like training some people, and it might even be at exactly the twenty minute mark. Mm. He takes his helmet off, yes, and I screamed, "Ruined, ruined, ruined!" at the screen because he never puts it back on. I don't know if this, like, I don't know if you would call like um, Stallone. I think, I think actually we should probably mention Stallone in the full costume with the helmet. Possibly the single best casting they could have done. Oh yeah, for the nineties. In terms of the look, I was thinking on the way over. I was thinking, is there any better casting from the nineties? Mm-hmm. I was thinking like Ron Perlman. Okay, he, maybe he's got that chin and like see like see if he was just covered with the visor. Mm. And it's like Ron Perlman also is not too big of a star to wear a hat. Exactly for the whole thing. So. He, he, I think that was the year when he was doing Beauty and the Beast. He'd mm. already, he'd already done. Um, Police Academy 7 mission to <laughs> Moscow where he was thin but that was in 91 so he so, might have had time to bulk up since yeah. then but like I'm trying to think in terms of 90s actors mm. probably your guy Ron Perlman and yeah you might, yeah. Have, you might have the nail on the head there I can, I can picture him doing the lines as well like mm. the voice and things and he's I could even picture him going I am <laughs> yeah exactly but Stallone I don't know if you'd call like Stallone because like, I was talking about eroticism, like homoeroticism earlier. Yeah. Because like, not only does he take his hat off, there's a lot of instances in this film where he's just in a little singlet, a little vest. Like he's always like they, they strip him at one point. He gets stripped on screen. That's an action movie thing. He gets stripped because he's getting arrested and but, they're like, taking those like marks of office off. Do they take his codpiece off, or is the codpiece part of the I, trousers? I think they, they probably do take the codpiece off, but I don't think the camera frames mm, that. Mm. But like, it's an action movie thing, right? But it, it's so it feels more gay, right? It, in a way that I can get behind, and that probably the producers at the time didn't intend or want. I mean, like, I don't know how many of those like eighties, nineties action movies you've seen, but they are kind of all about that. Game. They all are about that, but like, it's specifically the way the ways in which he's buff, right? Yeah. See the see the roundness, like the muscular the fetishization of the male form. Yeah, it's it's not because like obviously, like you say, that is action movies. Yeah. But it's specifically that vest and the way they linger on it. I'm like. This is this is more than you were bargaining for. I feel like filmmakers uh, famously. Um, uh, oh, we were just talking about Die Hard. What's mm-hmm. it called? And it's like the skin tightness of his trousers. It's not like he's wearing jeans and like a vest. It's not like he's like a um, Bruce like Willis. Bruce Willis. It's, it's not Bruce, that. Bruce, Bruce Willis uh, went through a, like an entire like decade or more of his career where mm. he would always get stripped down to a dirty vest. Mm. Mm. Like you know, he did it in Die Hard. He might have been shirtless in Die Hard actually. No, he's a vest in Die Hard, right? He's, in Die Hard. right. he's definitely most of the time in a dirty vest mm. by the end of every film he's in. Name other films he's in a dirty vest. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I, I, maybe, 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 maybe can't, yeah, because uh, I'm just thinking of Unbreakable, and <laughs> I don't know if he was or not in that one. I like he was think, in a big coat. I like to think about Die Hard three a lot, and like he might have not been wearing a Hawaiian, but in my mind he's wearing a Hawaiian because it's the most summery film. Yeah, the thing about uh, Bruce Willis films is I've definitely seen more Bruce Willis films than just Die Hards. Mm. But can you remember what any <laughs> of them are? Uh, uh, the Fifth Element. Yeah, I'm d- definitely vested in that. That is a vest. Yeah. Second time we get to bring up the the fifth element. Yep. Tune in next week for our <laughs> fifth element. The so like like I say, like I agree with you about the we, like, could, we could do a podcast about the fifth element mm-hmm. and like the logo for it could just be the chemical symbol for whatever is is like element number five on the periodic mm, table. Probably something boring. I don't think it is boron. No, no. Well, f- good good chemistry thank gag you, there. It is! It is Boron! That's the best joke we've ever done! They strip him. So, like, he, the thing is, right, 
we should probably go back to this Ken Brockman character. <laughs> Ken Brockman, it's a very... It's like, I understand for the Hollywood version of Dread. Mm-hmm. I understand it. It's like, ooh, police corruption and ooh. Like, but in, in Tucad, in 2008, he wouldn't get to exist. Like, the, well, is, I mean, like are there journalists? Yeah, there's there's like news reports in, in 2008. I've but definitely seen that. They're like state controlled, right? They're not going to be probably. Yeah, like they're not. Mean, that's why he's, he's his wife is telling him don't report this news because like, they'll, they'll repress you. I don't know if you agree with this, but the repression I would see happening to that guy in, in 2008 would be that he wouldn't get to the stage where he could get that. And no, if he, he would be told what news to report. Yeah, on. and yeah. and if he did get to that stage he would be killed by the state yeah. or cubed. Like, the, the fact that it's like, oh, no, Dredd, but, like, he killed not just a civilian, but he killed a journalist that was... De- I don't think they make a big deal out of it being a journalist. But, like, th- they don't. No. But we're meant to take it. I guess, that's yeah. why they're using well, journalism. Well, again, like, that is why they're using journalism, mm. but the, that's the filmmakers talking to their audience who is probably not that aware of what Judge Dredd is. Yeah. So, although, you know, it's actually not... Well... I was going to say, it's not, it's not the state that's killing him because it's Rico, mm. but it is the state it that's is. doing it because it's the guy who wants to be the next chief judge. I've gotten him written who's down. getting Rico to do it. I've got him written down here as Judge Wormtongue. Yeah. Because he does a bit of Wormtongue work in this. He, he does, yeah. Cause and he also this. has some kind of accent. He does. I think he's German. Uncle, like, maybe. Because yeah. that's what kind of I'm getting that from him. But it's like, ah. when Your point about the whole, um, like, everybody's got, like, an accent that doesn't necessarily make sense... Uh, initially made me think of uh, Pa Angel because the Angel Gang come yeah. up in this film, and like he turns up and he's not American, is he not? He, he, he sounds like he might be, or if he is American, then he's not like Southern American. He's not like what you'd expect a dude who looks like Pa Angel. I thought he was pretty Southern, right? He was. I sort don't of think like... so. I think he's like because he, he'd expect to be like, oh hallelujah, but he's not. He's like, oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Hmm. That might have compressed in my brain over the course of the last week to be like, no, he's just speaking in a southern accent. Yeah. Hmm. But like, not only that, but like, Fargo has an accent, right? Or he's he's just so old that he has an accent. I think he's so old he has an accent. I think he's got a kind of movieish accent. He's got like a movie old man accent. Yeah. Like, but like that's like every 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 other character that isn't just Tread basically, yeah. and maybe Hershey. And like they speak to each other. Scenes where they all speak to each other as well, and it's just accent versus accent. I mean, Stallone. Stallone has a Stallone accent. Yeah. So like, incredible accent. Like just. I think it works well for the, like, it's the future and everybody's living in this one mega city type vibe. You know what? I hadn't considered that and I imagine the filmmakers didn't They either. did not either. They decided the actors... Accidentally, yes, yeah. that's worked out quite nicely. So they kill... They kill, kill Kent Brockman mm-hmm. and then they, they arrest Dredd and we get one scene of Dredd being a street judge where, like, there's somebody who is, like, like fucking up parallel parking more that than scene, anyone ever has that in the scene, history of the world. That scene, like, what did you make of that scene? Uh, well, my point that I was going to make was that like Hershey like goes over to deal with that immediately, mm. and um, and the guy's like, "Oh, judge, oh, do you know who I am?" Yeah. And, like I think he might try to bribe her at that point or something, and like Dread then turns up and is dread about it, but mm. like no, see if you're if you're treating any street judge like that, mm. you're getting a stick in the in the nose. I I don't know. There's a lot of like weird like gender politics happening there because yeah, like he's, he's being like mean. There's a lot of weird gender politics. In in this film. There is. It's very much from 1995. It's very from 1995, but like, I don't know if they were like trying to small degrees because like, th- this dick is being a dick to Hershey because yeah. she's a woman. Yeah. Even though she's a judge and can execute him on the spot for anything. Like, yeah. she can choose to kill him without any like oversight. 
and that's that's like horrible like they're portraying sexism and then dread turns up and he's like any problems here hershey and she's like no i've got this and then dread just continues to walk all over yeah it. so it's it's it but like it's kind of like they, they were aware because they set up the scene like that but then still only got to have an action beat or like he, a, he gets to 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 show off the uh amount that the judges overstep what yeah. you would think is reasonable because he was like well you know you're uh, you've, you've already got points on your license or something. You've got a suspended, Therefore, you've got a suspended license. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, I don't know why this guy doesn't get shifted off to the cubes this and is the beaten thing. up on the way. Because what Dredd actually does is he sets his, uh, his lawgiver to grenade, mm. not high X. Don't know why that's a change that needed to be made. Uh, and blows up his car. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh no, my car! I can't believe it! Meanwhile, I, the audience, am sitting here being like, you got a fucking lucky Right, pal. right, because like, he doesn't get any follow-up where he has to go to jail. No. Go to the, like, any other, in the car, he'd be, he'd be cubed. You'd be, you're be driving without a license, yeah. first of all. And then all of, you've spoke back to a judge. like, And you tried to bribe Judge Dredd. Yeah. You are, you're Brutalized. never seeing the light of day again. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the missteps in the film. It's like a fun comedy action yeah. film scene. But because it's Judge Dredd, you're like, well, this is off. Yeah. Like, this isn't. But I mean, like, this is, this is movie Dredd. Yeah. He's canonically a different character. Because yes. of that one Christmas issue story. Two Christmases ago. Um, uh, and then some other judges march up and they arrest Judge Dredd and it's like, oh, you murdered Super Kent, judges. You murdered Kent Brockman. Mm. Uh, and then there's like a whole plot line where like, he gets Hershey to be his lawyer. Yeah, there's, there's a lawyer, there's like a court scene in this yeah. film. Hershey does a bit where she's like, like makes the, um, <laughs> she makes the footage of Dredd killing, or Rico as Dredd killing uh, Kent Brockman inadmissible because you can't tell who it is because he's wearing the helmet. Yeah. Which I thought was quite funny because... I mean, it doesn't work in this film. No, but like, uh, be, like if if they had a joke in there, be like, well, obviously you can tell that it's dread because he keeps wearing the helmet the whole way through. Also, they have footage of this because yeah. there's just a camera in their living room, yeah. pointing at them at all times, filming them at all times, filming them do their sedition against yeah. the state. That could be their camera, mm. or it could be that Justice Department has a camera in every building. Either or. They know they're being filmed yeah. where they're like, we're going to take down the council. Yeah. Or it could take down the council. And it's got like a little red thing either indicating that it's filming or that it's live. Like it's live streaming into like the Hall of Justice or whatever. Uh, and that being rendered inadmissible is what makes them check the data on the lawgiver and mm. it's Judge Dredd's DNA. And then Solomon's like, it's a lie! It's a lie! Uh, and he gets, um, he gets taken off to, uh, to be sent off on the same prison ship that Rob Schneider's on, mm-hmm. and Rob Schneider has another, like, best bit of the film, where he's sitting in the chair next to Dredd, and he's just, like, looking at him, and he, he puts his hand up yeah. to cover the view of everything other than Dredd's chin, and he's like, oh my god, Dredd! And, like, immediately, a mook behind them hears this, yeah. and, like, initiates, like, an action scene. The, the long walk happens in this film before that. It does, that. it the, does. I just wanted to get to the Rob Schneider. Yeah, you, you just want to get back to it. You're just like, when Rob Schneider's not on screen, you're asking, <laughs> where's Rob Schneider? That is the longest part of the film with no Rob Schneider. Yeah, to be fair, it, it's merciful. and you, you, <laughs> it was, It's merciful and unmerciful. Pitiless. Because mm. you think you've got out of you the thought, Rob... You, you thought you were like, oh, good, we're not... Rob Schneider is not the hero of this yeah. film. Little did you know. Little did we know. The, mo- the beating moral heart of the film, <laughs> Rob Schneider... The the Chief Fargo 
gets worm-tongued by Judge yeah. Wormtongue and he's like well if you take the long walk I don't know why I'm doing that voice but that's kind of he's, he's, it's kind of German but it, kind of it's another thing where it makes sense but it doesn't mm. uh, it's very movie logic because uh, they the, wanted to cram the long walk in yeah the sentence for for murder when you're a judge is to be executed mm. and uh, Judge Wormtongue is saying to Fargo like well you know you, there's a way where you could like have dread your kind of son yeah. uh, not be killed you could just go to jail instead if you take a long walk and then your final like order yeah you're going to retire anyway you're old yeah. right um, so but like I, I think it sort of makes sense but doesn't because like the speech he gives is like long has it been our tradition to mm. just do whatever the last thing of the chief judge before he takes a long walk yeah. do the last thing that he orders uh, so I, I order you to be lenient with Judge Dredd not I order you to like pardon him yeah, or yeah, something yeah. be lenient because it, it... He could just say, like, pardon him. Yeah. But he's like, no, we've we got film here. Like, keep going on. I The long walk being in this film is kind of extraneous for... It's like another thing they've thrown in. Yeah. But it, it is... It does bring the long walk to popular it, culture. Like, mm-hmm. like, without this film, people in general wouldn't know about the long walk. And I feel like there's been a lot of funny memes and, like, jokes that I've seen from the last 20 years because the long walk is in this film. Because if it wasn't, it would just be in comics. Only comic people would know about it. You wouldn't see it. So I have had much joy from this extraneous element being put in this film for others to go on and do stuff with. I can't think of any right now, but when the long walk is brought up in like a meme format type thing, genuinely I'll laugh. Good. Um, the Back to the plot. Yes. Dread fights his way out of the um, exploding... like ship that's crashed that's crashing it's, it's a, a jet it, this is key right yeah. i want to focus on this it's a jet that's leaving mega city one going over the cursed earth yeah. towards aspen um gets at, shot down by one of the angel gang at jet speeds yeah it's been traveled it's the lo- i've got written it down here the lowest flying jet in cinema history <laughs> it's just skimming the desert which we know to be filled with like fucking dinosaurs mm. and like you know mutations and whatever the fuck and the angel gang and the angel gang who i think are pretty fine yeah, there's some they're, they're all right I feel like people are like, oh, they didn't do the Angel Gang justice. There's some mooks. There's some guys to fight. They're like, in the film, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they basically go to the Cursed Earth to have a wee visit with the Angel Gang. Yeah. Because Dread effectively gets saved from the riot on the prison plane by the Angel Gang. Yeah. Because they shoot down the plane. He fights his way out. The, when the um, the like super judges or whatever get there... To like go and uh, kill Dread, like because he didn't get to, to prison. Prison, yeah. Like he's already not there because he's been dragged away by the Angel Gang. There's a good scene where um, the the villain is saying like uh, Judge Wormtongue. Judge Wormtongue is is like I think you'll find that you found no survivors there, and they shoot all the. Survivors. So the guy's like, sir, and he's like, that's your son. No survivors. <laughs> like he shouts it back down, like just needlessly, yeah. and also like you're the, you're the chief judge now. Like also, it's like. It's not like you're covering something up by killing. I mean, like they are, but I don't. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, but like these chief judge now, and also like if they if they rescue those judge, the pilot, yeah. the pilot was alive. So the pilot's alive, sir. If they rescue, there's, them, there's no reason why. Like they've not done anything that needs covering up. Yet. No. Like, is there a, a a draft of this film where like the angel gang were in the pay of mm. the chief judge, and that's why they shot the plane down? And oh. that's why there would need to be any kind of cover up at all. That would that would that would cover it. Yeah, that would cover the cover. But, but like that's not in no. this version of the film. It, it, all, it to me when I was watching it, that didn't occur to me. But that is a good that is a good point. It, what I was thinking was just like that's just a thing that you see in films. It's to show it's that a beat. 
you it's, know, it's the killmonger thing. Yeah, yeah. you might be, uh, you might like the villain, so we're going to have to have him needlessly murder people. The, the villain before this, I think, before even anything went villainous, was talking to the council of judges about how like they need to do summary executions. Yeah, like when you, which is like. Well, that's just Judge Dredd. Like he's he's advocating for the setting of Judge Dredd. He is a bit, yeah. But like, <laughs> this is a bit of an American film in that the status quo, no matter how horrifying it can be, is sort of put up as yeah, the, the yeah. good side, the good solution. Yeah. So you know, um, they have a fight with the Angel Gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dredd and Rob Schneider are like strung up, and um, like Rob Schneider gets out of that by pretending to be religious mm-hmm. and then like I think Dredd suggesting that the Angel Gang eat anybody who's religious or something because he's like oh you don't want to join them they're yeah. cannibals they're cannibals but, like the, the cannibalism is already going to happen anyway right yeah. that, that's what I got from it and then Dredd just like muscled his way out of being tied up yeah it, it wasn't even like a scene where it's like you saw him working his way out of yeah. the, like the restraints or whatever it's just like no, it's just was... like the, those ropes are like very badly put on his wrists yeah, they're cursed earth ropes you know made by some hillbillies some of which don't have hands like one of the, what's yeah, his face? Mean Machine just has his robot arm. He just has a robot arm. Mean Machine looks good as well. Yeah, and it sounds good. Like uh, I know he's just a goon to be fought. There, but... there, there's a bit where, um, like, they explain the gimmick, where it's like you know we'll set him at a higher setting, and then he'll be even meaner. Yeah. Sort of and there's a bit during that fight where Dredd just like grabs the the dial and turns him down. Yeah, that's great. That was, that was really funny. What else would you do in the midnight? Like that's utilizing that character. That he's doing his gimmick. Yeah. Like. Very silly. Uh, and He kills that family, right? He, he, well... I, I know they're a family of, like... That's cannibalistic. The it's the cursed earth. They're, they're not, not mega-city citizens. They're, they're not people. Like, I'm not saying he's, he's... They're not killing citizens, but it's just funny. I laughed a lot at the idea of him wiping out a family, no matter how evil and evil-coded they are. I'm just like, huh, he just killed a family well, on screen. Well, the thing is that he doesn't wipe out the family because this fight establishes that the Cursed Earth is a small room mm-hmm. because uh, at the end of the fight, when it looks like Mean Machine is going to kill Dredd, Judge Fargo, on his long walk, just walks in mm. and shoots him with his big gun. This is something that benefits from having the news in the middle, mm-hmm. making the film much longer, because I don't remember it being like set off in a jet, long walk at the same time, and then they meet. Some, like somehow immediately he, afterwards, somehow yeah. he's got they they travelled on a jet for an undetermined period, a yeah. future attack jet towards Aspen, and somehow Fargo walked there in that time. I can um, I can no prize it though mm-hmm. because Judge Fargo is out on a long walk for however, however long the events of the film are, yeah, and then presumably saw the plane being shot down. Yeah, but you'd have to walk you'd quite have to far walk to where the plane got shot down. No, well, you'd have to for, like the jet moves at jet speeds. Yeah. And he but, moves at the speed of an old man walking through the apocalypse. But maybe it took a long time between Dredd getting convicted and shipped out, you know? <sighs> Enough time to convict and ship Rob Schneider, though? Like, Yeah, Rob Schneider is, is like, the wheels of justice have been turning quite slowly for Rob yeah. Schneider. Well, like, what if the justice were, like, they were, like, actually looking at his case being like, I'm not sure about this this Dredd conviction here. Like, I mean, he, he says that he was a fleet block war and he didn't, you know, and, like... That all just—they were like, "Oh no, Dredd's been convicted. Just, just put him on the, just put Rob Schneider on the plane. Like, yeah. just, just um, bury that." Meanwhile, back at uh, Mega City One, Rico has been Ricoing havoc. He has been like the Rico like content in the film is great. Like, yeah. he's just been Ricoing literally everywhere. There's just like terrorism going on all over the place. The terrorism's fantastic because now that Judge Wormtongue is Chief Judge, yep. 
he, he's like he's talking to Rico and also they want to resurrect the Janus project the ja- them saying Janus is great they, I feel like they specifically were like what words can we get these accented what, men to what say what word sounds the most like anus mm, that we mm. can make everybody make fun of us for Janus I want to say some of them call it the Janus project which sounds like a that, that sounds like the, the woman from Friends yeah the Janus project the Janus project yeah. which is a project that they used to make Dread Yep. And but then it went wrong because of Rico, so they, they shelved it. Yeah. And the plan is Wormtongue's like go out into the streets and kill as many K- judges. Kill all the judges until there are so few judges that we need to clone a clone army of judges. Mm. Who like they never make any mention of the fact that the clones that they clone will already have years of judge training. Mm. So like I don't really see how it makes any more sense than just recruiting a bunch of judges and training them. <sighs> Computer but tech and they, they make a big. We, we have to assume that they're like clones that already know how to be a judge. Yeah. But they, like at no point is that made clear why they would be. They've been. They've been taught by like tank mother kind of stuff. Dread and Rico were babies, yeah, and like had to go through the academy. We well, know that they make a point about how they're accelerated because like they were babies, yeah. But there's been forty to thirty years of tech development. Yeah, yeah, they do talk about and that. They mush that in. They don't do anything. They're just like mush that tech development in, and then that'll be fine. We're not sure where that development has occurred because it's not been at the Janus project. No, well, there's been one lady keeping it alive. Like there's like a secret door in the Hall of Justice that you can mm-hmm. go behind that has the Janus project, and it's all like. Like um, not wrapped up, but it's, it's it's not in full swing. And to me, that lady's been there for thirty years. <laughs> they just just kept, they kept her in there with some supplies, and she's just been like sweeping up and like you know maybe doing software updates every so often. I want to say that she is like a very nineties action film black leather Asian lady. Yes, very like like to the point where you're like um, possibly maybe, even PVC rather p- than black leather. Possibly PVC, and I was like mm, maybe not. Like fully, but then she does get like a full-on cat fight with her. She at the end. Yeah, that and was that was what I wanted to bring up because mm. they have to have a female villain so that Hershey can have someone to fight. Yeah, because it's 1995 and female characters can only fight female absolutely, characters. Absolutely, they can occasionally be allowed to kick one male villain mm. so long as it's like the one thing that proves that they're tough. One kick is allowed. Yeah. Kicking was a very 90s thing, to be fair. That, that woman and... So there's, like, the whole scene where they're, like, causing chaos and you see, like, judges being, like, bombed, yeah. judges being shot, like... I, I feel like there's a bit of the uh, ABC Warrior, mm-hmm. like, surprising them and shooting That's them the bit I want to talk about, because the ABC Warrior is, like, in some rubbish yeah. and he pops up and kills some judges. And then, like, it cuts to Rico and the Asian woman, like, reacting to that and, like, they flip off their, like, hoods and they're, they're wearing, like, clothes just for that scene and they're, they're sort of, like, design sort of, like... I don't know, like very like mid nineties sci fi clothes, yeah. And it feels like that scene of them revealing themselves comes from a different film <laughs> where they're having other adventures, mm. and I want to see that. Like that's that's the the sequel where they're like, oh my god, Rico's back. Yeah, uh, Rico will very much not be back. By the way, no, I would, I'd be surprised. I've not seen the trailer for Dread or Judge Dread in a while, but I'd be surprised if that scene isn't in the trailer because it's a very trailery scene, mm. and it's also so bizarrely disconnected from like the scene that just happened before it. And the entire rest of the film. Um, Dredd and Schneider get back into the Mega City. They do um, it by doing some video game. They, like... they go through. They go through a fire trap, mm. and like the, there's a thing where Dredd's like, "Yeah, there's a way into refugees. Discover it. Uh, you have to time your your entrance between like through the the waste disposal between mm. the 
the the fire things out, and Rob Schneider's like, oh, so did they get in? And he's like, nope, they were burned to a crisp. Burned to a crisp. And but, actually, but the theory sounds. But the theory sounds. I actually thought that was quite good as well. I, I genuinely laughed at that as well. That's a good good delivery as well. Yeah. Good good dread work. Good like actually good dread work. Yeah. in this film, fucking fight me. It, it's it's here like. It'd be much better if he was wearing his hat. Yes, absolutely. Although he is, you know, convicted of a crime. He they should commit. strip. They should strip him of all his things except for the hat and the codpiece. Or they should give him a different helmet. Yeah, a hat of shame. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, they get back in, which I'm. I'm it's like a wee sojourn into the the cursed earth. Without all, like, like I say, so this had strong vibes to me of you know, like say a PS2 game mm. where like you know, it's it's got the the impression of an open world. Yeah, and but like it's mostly like one like mega dungeon kind of thing. But there's like a bit of the outside world. But because it's a PS2 game, the outside world is just one room. Yeah, like it's exactly like that. Yeah, like the the cursed earth. In the fiction of the movie is the rest of the world, yeah. but in the like physicality of the movie is at most two locations. It's a very like studioy film. Yeah, like, like um, it reminds me a lot of Batman eighty nine, where like, you see the Batmobile driving about the strip. That it could be even filmed in those same like sets mm. and backlots or whatever they're called. Because when you saw it as a kid, you're like, "Wow, there's like mega city, like this like expansive world." But like you say, it is very like theatrical and very like yeah. you, you can see the edges and things. They go back in for. They, they do. They go get Hershey. They do. They go to Hershey's uh, apartment, and mm. she's just being depressed there. Yeah. Well, she got her, she got her bike bombed. Yeah. And was fine. I think she ran away from it, so she was all right. But like, all the judges have been targeted, and they've not got the new clones on the street yet. So I guess the city's in anarchy, even though it looks quite nice when you see them just walking about. Yeah, but um, her, her, she's like, oh, is this you, Dredd? Did you do this? Because mm, you're evil now. I don't know anything about you because you, you betrayed the law. Yeah, and then Dredd's like, oh, I would never do anything to hurt you, Hershey. Yeah. Which is, I guess, the first bit of, mm, you know, like, Hollywood, okay, Hollywood. Was it before or after this they established that Dredd's photo of himself? I think his... it was around this time because Rob Schneider is mm. a hacker, right? Yes. That's, that's his ability. Mm. And, uh, the, like, that fucking photo... But is... he doesn't hack the photo. It's it's one of the cadets. Yeah, it's yeah. Cadet it's cadet name, whatever it's, he's called. It, it, it's the expert that uh, Hershey got to, like, make that footage yeah. admissible. And, he, like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's a good photo, but it's, like, fake. It's like that, he... that photo being fake yeah. is one of the single dumbest, most <laughs> CSI New York fucking things. Oh, it's better than CSI. It's CSI Miami. Miami specifically. Well, the reason why I'm bringing up New York is mm. that New York liked the idea of high technology mm. and didn't understand how mad it was. Mm. Well, that's very much CSI Miami. Well, yes, but CSI New York eventually had like a hollow deck for the the coroner to work in, <laughs> and like like would display like full 3D holograms of the dead body and show like the diagrams of like where the bullet went in. Yeah. The uh, there was also a, a fucking incredible episode of CSI New York about the video game Second Life. Right, yes. And uh, There's a GTA one of Miami, I'm pretty sure. Mm. That's, that's... But, like, not only was their representation of what Second Life is ridiculous, mm-hmm. they were also playing Second Life in, like, a specialised VR projection <laughs> corridor... <laughs> That was just like, they just had like a bunch of computery looking things mm. set up along this corridor. And at the end of it, they just had like a giant projection screen. CSI. the main characters stand in front of and be like, oh, I'm watching the game. CSI tech is such a trope. Yeah. I feel like it got off a lot lately than it should have. Mm. Like, I feel like there should be more made of their dumb. 
I mean, dumb it, tech. I think even normal ass CSI, which is by far the best of those three shows, mm. yeah, even that I think had enhance, yeah, like yeah, zoom in yeah. and enhance, and suddenly the, the grainy footage is perfectly mm. viewable. It's very much that, but 1995 version of that. Yeah. And like to be their credit, like the kid, the, the the cadets, like well, oh, it's what, it's advanced what, tech for thirty is, years ago. What it is is like he's got this fucking photograph yeah it might be a digital photograph on a screen thing yeah it, the, the photo, like that tech of it being like a little ipad that yeah. just displays one photo they have those they're called digital picture frames y- yes but like this is like bleeding edge tech for 95 yeah. you know but like like they analyze it and the data on the photograph like has like shows that not only is it a fake photograph the baby that is Judge Dredd is real, yeah. and everything else has been replaced. And also, you can reverse that process. You can like strip out the elements and like. But like specifically the elements, like the mm. layers in Photoshop that you've put in, yeah. So you can remove the dad and the mum and the background, like the, to reveal why wouldn't they just why wouldn't they just take a different photo of the baby <laughs> if they're giving him this falsified photo of the life he was supposed to have left that he can't remember? Why wouldn't they just take the baby to a park? with some actors why why would you take the photo of the lab baby why would you do that presumably because the only person that works at the the genus project is that one Asian woman Mm. so presumably she just she was like an afternoon and she was like I'll just chop this off (laughs) like She's like she she looks quite young, but presumably is like sixty years old or whatever because she's she's been in that cupboard with the genus project. That's entirely your um your your. She's been keeping the the lights on. They, they say they say a line about how she's been keeping it running. Uh, maybe, but like she might... she's been regened. Mm, maybe I don't know. I don't think she has, but like that's what <laughs> that's all we have to take from it because no one else is involved with mm. the thing. Also, the chief judge needs to get the council's permission to unlock yeah. the genus files. Yeah, and there's like a whole dramatic scene of, of like overriding the thing, mm. which they have to do because there are so many dead judges and they need they to. They do it, and then like they immediately are like, oh no, no, let's put it back. Because the guy's like, oh, we could replace our numbers in an afternoon. And then they're like, oh no, this is this is clearly wrong. Like, yeah. Um, the, the, there's a whole thing about playing God. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, around, I think, basically Dolly the Sheep mm. sort of time. Oh, yeah, they, it's the 90s. There, like... there was a whole thing about, like, well, well, we actually could do clones. And mm. there was an awful lot of, like, hand-wringing about, like, oh, could should we do that? Would that be playing God, human cloning? I, that's, that, I get why that's in there. Cells. I get why that's in the movie script, but for, like, the Justice Department. Yeah. Come on now. Come on, lads. We've already cloned a couple of judges. What's, some, what's a few hundred yeah, more? Let's get some robot judges on the streets or something. You've, no you've, robot judges in this movie? No robot got, guys? You've got ABC Warriors that you can buy in a pawn shop. I'm mm. sure you can knock up some robot judges. Um, but the other thing, I can't remember if this is around now, because like I've not got as, as ordered a memory of yeah. the events of the film right at the end of it as I do for the start. It gets a bit messy towards yeah. the end. Like, there's a, there's a there is a bit, though, that I also want to scream about, mm. which is when, like, cause, like, when they're setting up what they're actually doing with the Janus project, mm. uh, Rico's there and he's in charge, and like the, the Asian woman was kind of supposed to be working for Judge Wormtongue, but yes. then her allegiance is kind of flipped to Rico. So, <laughs> because of his sexual magnetism! <laughs> That's basically what I was going to say. Uh, we're, we're given to understand it's just that he's just that damn attractive. He's just that, like, this punk of a man. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, he's he's a, an attractive film actor. But, like, also... He's a, a film actor. Yeah, like... And by those standards, mm, not particularly attractive. No, right? Like, he's... Maybe maybe against alone, you know? Well, that's the thing, is that, like, 
because he's the clone brother of Sylvester Stallone, mm. you're constantly being invited to make the comparison. There's so many scenes yeah. of them standing in the same room as each other. He's like a like two foot shorter. Like yeah, to my to to my dismay, mm. uh, I did actually watching this think that they looked a lot more similar than I remember them doing. I remember thinking that as a use, and but they also don't actually look very similar. They at don't all. look as similar at all, but they also did like. You can buy it enough. Yeah. You can buy that he was smooshed up in the test tube. Like, there's the... Well, like, again, right? So, it's the genetics thing. Yeah. Because in this scene, like, Rico's there and he's in charge. And um, and they're like, oh, start up the Genus Project. Mm. And he goes, oh, central control computer. Scrap the... Scrap the, 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 the genetic, like, model that's in there. Take this one instead. And he jams his arm into the yeah. thing. Um, and it painfully takes genetic take, material from him. Uh, and like, that's fine then. Yeah, because you're you're a cl- you're you're a literal clone mm-hmm. of the original, the, the, the original yeah. thing. So you are the same as Dread. Yeah, you're 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 the exact same material that you just deleted. You've just deleted one thing yep. and then put the same copy of it back. But something went wrong, Michael. But it didn't, though, did it? Because the lawgiver recognized that the genetic information of the person using it was. One for one, the exact same as yep. that of Judge Dredd. If they had one, uh, one or one of the two of these plots in there, it'd be fine. But they don't. They've, They've got, got both. <laughs> so it doesn't. It, Look, none of it works. There's something genetically wrong with his soul. He's evil. He's genetically evil, and Dredd's genetically good. Yeah. And it must have happened at the gestation phase or something, right? Because they've got the same material. We yep. know that. But one's quite short and pug-like, and one's Stallone. There's actually you could use a version of this plot to 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 do like a, a mature explanation exploration of the concept of nature versus nurture, mm. where it's like they're both designed to be the perfect like law-abiding person, but one of them is and one of them isn't. Yeah. And like, what's the difference there? Well, it's nothing to do with their genetics, clearly. But that's this one has no no, no interest in that. no conception no. of that. He is a, a mutant criminal. Mutant criminal. He is perfect. mutated to be the perfect criminal. And I don't think they understand what they mean by any of it. He gets the ABC wire to kill Judge Fargo. Uh, Not Fargo, uh, Judge yes, Wormtongue. He does. Judge, yes, Judge he Wormtongue. Does. By ripping his arms, his legs, and then his head off. Yeah, and he threatens to do that to Hershey later. He does, and like, there's a lot of chat about like there's a much like more R-rated cut of this film, or even like mm. not necessarily cut, but like it was intended to be, and then they, they pulled back on it. So I don't, I don't, I don't think like exa- that, like a cut exists exactly, but like the, the intention was probably bloodier. And there's a lot of like people getting shot that's very bloodless. And there's like I want to say the again though not unusual for the time. No, no, like that's I think one of the reasons why people bring it down because they want it to be like Robocop. Yeah, it's like they made a Robocop. It's very bloody. Like just do that with Dread. That'd be perfect. And they had they didn't like this this the, this film is not any of the Robocop. It's, it's Robocop three if anything. But um. For, for myself personally, I'm perfectly fine with that because yeah. it's, it's, it's you, a kid can see this film basically. Well, yeah, but also like maybe not, but like a kid can see this on Channel Five at nine if you're up at nine. There can be something entertaining about bloody violence, like I'm mm. thinking of things like The Evil Dead, yeah, or whatever. But honestly, I don't think this film would really benefit that but much. I, think, I don't think it would, but that I think is one of the reasons why people were expecting it to be that mm. and then it wasn't that. And you know how there's a whole narrative about bloodless 90s action films? Yeah. You know, like it perfectly like slots in there. Again, I have no problem with that, personally. No. Like it's, it's not something that bothers me about this film. Like, Dread, the, the 2012 film is quite bloody. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, people get skinned in it, but like... 
you don't necessarily see that, I guess. I just, I've never been particular, like, like gore has never been a no, draw No, I'm not, not a gore hound. I but... will quite happily go and see a slasher movie. It doesn't mm. put me off. Yeah. But the things that I find entertaining and funny about mm. slasher movies are not, like, the literal blood. Yeah. You know? But I think this was one of the knocks against the film at yeah. the time. Um... We're we're at the conclusion. Well, there's a, there's a big chase. There's like a there is a big chase. There's a lot of judges that get killed in this big chase. We didn't talk they about get killed by a hologram sign. One yes, I've got deadly neon written down here. <laughs> um, Judge Fargo did get killed by Mean Machine. In the uh, yeah, movie. yeah, he got stabbed, and he, he told Dread all about like the Janus Project in his dying breath. The Janus Project, and also like the statue. It was, it was one of the biggest defenders of let me tell you the plot and then die. Yeah, I need to tell you the plot. Like, I imagine that was a rewrite. How do we get Dredd back into the city? Yeah. Um, also, he tells him about the, the Statue of Justice. Like, Justice is blind and Dredd has a whole yes. like, like, the statue's there in the, the Angel Gang's headquarters and like, for some reason. For some reason. And then Dredd like stands like with the gun doing like an action hero pose, like looking up lovingly or like yeah. reverently to the, the statue. So that's like a character change, right? He's he's learning about true justice. It's, justice it, is blind. It's not a character change. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's just Judge Dredd being like, ah, yes, justice. Yeah, but it, it, it's literally nothing. But it's framed as this big, like, moment. artistic yeah. moment. Well, that's why I didn't bring it up. It's yeah. because like it, it, it is framed like a big moment, mm. but like nothing changes. The, the, the music like swells and yeah. like okay. it's just dread being like ah yes I said this just yeah. a moment ago, but he's just he's just like really vibing with the statue of justice. Yeah, that's all it is. And then there's a, there's a bike chase, which is like a pre Fifth Element like hover bike chase through the Mega City. Lots of crashes. Um, I don't know if Dread shoots anybody directly. Mm. He might do. He might not. There's a whole thing where like there's jokes about having to cock the shotgun because he's he's got that shotgun yeah. from Fargo. Yeah, because he gives he gives Schneider the, sh- the shotgun, yeah. and Schneider being uh, a, a scrawny hacker yeah. is not a man of action. Doesn't know how guns work. Yeah, yeah. And then that somehow leads directly into the blast fight of the film which is they go to they go to the Statue of Liberty the, the Statue which is of Liberty. where the Janus Project's like lab is it's, in the, it's in the Statue of Liberty's head for some reason it, it's cool right I'm not gonna like that. that's dumb like action film thing yeah. and I have no notes perfect yeah I, I, I've got no problem they, with they it. track it down because of power surges and how there was like power surges in the area so that must mean and now we have the thing which I always like to notice in, in action movies when they do it which is that all of the villains have heroes to pair off with yeah because uh, <laughs> Schneider's nemesis is the ABC mm-hmm. warrior because he's a hacker he's a hacker because they, they get there and the ABC warrior comes out and like easily bests all three yeah. of them Dredd, Hershey and the plan is to just like kick the door down and go in yeah and ABC... but there's an ABC warrior yeah. there and it looks like they're they're defeated. I think Dread like gets through and like starts to have the confrontation yeah. with uh, with Snyder is shot in the gut yeah. by the ABC warrior, and like Hershey is picked up by the head. Yeah, and um, I think this is the bit where I, I think they're probably captured, if I recall. Yeah, Again, they're, they're like, brought in to be the, told the evil plan. The ending is a bit more hazy to, to my memory, mm. but like um, like I think Hershey gets threatened with the whole rip your arms and legs off and yeah. hang your head thing. But then the ABC Warrior doesn't start doing that because Rob Schneider has come to save the day and he's he's fiddled around with some cables. Yep. And so he's now in control of the ABC Warrior, allowing the heroes to... They have a big fight. They have a big, like, um, so once again, hero fight. The fate of Mega City 1 has been saved by Rob Schneider. The beating heart of this film. <laughs> and, like, see if he had, like, saved them and then died. 
I could see people liking this film a lot more just on principle. Because, eh. like, when... Because they just walk in, they're doing some, like, back and forth, some one-liners, and then, like, they turn a corner and maybe Suara just, like, guns Rob yeah. Schneider down. That's great. Like, see if he had just died. Yeah. Like, I'm not even that against Rob Schneider, but, like, I, that would have elevated the film even slightly. Because it's like, you build him up as this comedy character that's, oh, he's always going to be fine. He survived the fire pits and the cursed earth, but then turns a corner and then is just gunned down. Would I have liked it if they'd, like, made an even bigger deal of the ABC warrior and then, like, Dredd just, over the course of the film, had got his hands on a lawgiver mm. and just set the gun to armor piercing yeah. and it wasn't a problem? <laughs> I uh, might have. Yeah. Um... But anyway, that's not what happens. Rob Schneider pairs off with the ABC Warrior, as I said before. Mm. We've got a woman for the woman to fight. Yep. So they have a bit of a fight. Don't remember her name. Don't... She's a genetic scientist versus a trained street judge. Yeah. Who, as you pointed out, may be as many as 30 years younger than her. Yeah. Um, and... But at least isn't a trained street judge. Yeah. Like a hardened... But you see, she's Asian, so she knows Kung Fu. It's very much the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they call out Kung Fu or anything. But no, but she does some kicks. Her, her, her she doesn't seem to have any guns on her, so mm. they just they just fight. Um, Rico pops the clones, yeah, which I thought looked really good. Yeah, they're they're like silicone bodysuit clones, no mouth, with, but must scream. They looked kind of uh, swamp thingy, but yeah, blue. yeah, swamp thingy, yeah. yeah. And like one one of them like pushes up against the the glass and is like, <laughs> they're like sixty five percent complete as well, and, yeah. and like um What's it called? It's called Central. There's a computer that, that yeah. everybody has access to if you're a judge, I guess. And it's, it's very much like a 90s computer voice. And the computer voice is like, well, they're 65%, Rico. And he's like, send in the clones! Yeah, I mean, if only the pods had opened and they just, like, spilled out as liquid. Yeah, yeah, Goop. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the heroes when Rico is on top of the Statue of Liberty and... Um, there's a thing where he has Dread like over the edge yeah. and like Dread pulls him down somehow. So like all of those fucking films, like we brought up Batman eighty nine earlier. Yeah. Like there's always the villain dies by falling off of a tall thing. Yeah, well, it's like a Disney death kind yeah. of thing. You can't have Judge Dread kill a guy, apparently, even though he already has. Yeah, dozens. Um, and and then like that's that's it. They kill the bad guys, and the world immediately forgives them. Yeah, they're outside the the. Are they outside the Statue of Liberty or are they yeah, outside? So yeah. They, they, they just go outside mm. and like all the judges turn up and they're like, oh, Central reported what happened yeah. or something. Central, it's all over the net now. The, the Janus Project, which is like, that's not why or how that would happen. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't reveal anything bad on the judges. And also, like, like because like, the Janus Project is like a bad thing, right? Mm. It's like, oh, the public can't know. And like, them knowing is like redemption y kind of thing for the Justice Department. But it's like, they were going to clone... They, they cloned some judges. And now and... there's, like, not enough judges. Yeah. So, um... Maybe get on the cloning of the judges. <laughs> like, maybe have Judge Dredd, who is the same sample... Indeed. Put his, ...put his arm into that clone machine and make them up and have them not... I mean, if the issue is just that you don't like how quickly the clones get made, mm. then maybe just make them slower. Mm. It was like the... Rico's ideology is perhaps, perhaps, most like the confused... Because it's like evil... Like, because he doesn't even say, like, oh, might makes right kind of stuff. But it's kind of framed like that. Yeah. But it's, and it's chaos. But it's, it's not really. Because he's going to... He, he's, he's working almost exactly to the plan of the yeah, guy yeah. that he eventually betrays. But he wants, like, the judges to make their own decisions. Yeah. Which seems like a good thing. Right? He, he wants to give them free will. Because he, he's not even trying to smash the law. Yeah. He kind of is. And then he's like, but there'll be free thinking judges that are, like, 
under our control. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's very much like because he's he's like, come join with me, Dredden. We can, we you know, we, you you chose to be a man when we could have been gods. Yeah, and so I like yeah because he's like I find you guilty of being a man when we could yeah. have been gods. And it's like, what exactly? How? Uh, very, very confused. Not even confused, but just, just not there. Like he, he keeps saying and doing things, and he's very entertaining. Yeah, but also but like, his motivations are unclear. Unclear, and like it's not even, it's not even clear knowing who Rico is in the comics to no. the extent that we know because we've not read the original Rico stuff. No. But like we get that he's an evil brother, but like and he, he wants to do things. There's, like Rico's plan should have been, I'll go with this plan up to the point that I do, yeah. so that I can take over the the, the Judge Clone army mm. to do something. Also, but like we don't know what that something could be. Also, this is sort of the plot of Demolition Man. Yeah, Where's yeah. Like nice... I say, like great uh, double billing because they're they are they are very similar. I always thought they were like tonally the same yeah. and like made like together. But um, they are sort of the exact same plot because Wesley Snipes is like taken out of cryo to do the bidding of an, a bigger bad guy yeah. that he portrayed. Like, it's the same thing. I mean, a lot of these action films are kind of the same as each other. But, but, like, one for one like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I liked it. Like, I, I didn't have a bad yeah. time at all watching no, it. No, it's a, it's a great time while you're watching it. Mm. And, like, yes, it is dumb and doesn't make a whole lot of sense all the way through. Yeah. In the areas that we've spent a lot of time talking about. But we had a lot of fun talking about how it doesn't make sense. Because it's not... Yeah, that's the thing, right? I, I've never been able to put this properly into words, and I still probably won't be able to. But our generation, our yeah. generation... we have The a millennials. Th- the millennials, maybe early... Uh, millennials, let's say millennials. Have a thing where, like, you can like something and enjoy it, even though it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to, like... Because, like, if, if a bad thing comes out now, it's a bomb... And like it destroys Disney, like you know, like it's it's very like polarized and very like tribal and very like the the thing to do is hate on a thing because it's hot. Green Lantern, right? Yeah. Green, Green Lantern came out and was dog like the the way they salvaged Green Lantern was by not salvaging it and like just making it a running like the company itself. Warner Brothers makes content that makes fun of Green Lantern constantly. Yeah. But like it's in a spiteful. It's not coming from like a a place of love. And like we can we can like pile on dread. Because we enjoy it, we, we had a lot of fun with it. We have a lot of memories of Channel Five, but like t- these days, you, you just get a lot of like hate for hate, mm-hmm. or hate for like clout, or hate for like views. But there's there's no actual love. Like it's a love hate thing. We're like not even love hate, but like things can be naff, and you can still love them. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like Dread twenty not twenty twenty five Dread nineteen ninety five fits into that category, where there's a lot of naff things in here, but I'm never going to like actually rail against it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might spend upwards of five minutes talking about how this film doesn't know what clones are. Yeah. But, like, that's fun. That's, yeah. like, oh, God, how 90s is this? We, I feel like it's a generational thing where people don't have that reaction anymore. Mm. Like, things are just bad. But, like, you, you can enjoy a bad thing. But also people did have that reaction or didn't have that reaction in 1995 mm. because this is a famous, like, every hate. I think it's a sweet... But that's the thing, right? In 1995, it was Gen X people. Mm. Like, the people, the people of age to see it hated it. But kids that grew up on the repeats on Channel Five were like, "This is great! Like, this is fun! This is silly! Like, this is mm. naff! Like, the, it, maybe that's the thing that happens." Liking to all it people. ironically, but not even, not even, not in like an like ironic is maybe too bitter. Mm-hmm. Ironic is because like I'd say we're a couple stages before ironic. We're like, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna like it because it's bad. I'm yeah. just gonna like it and it's bad. Like, it's, it's not. It's good and bad. It's good and bad and mixed. But like and the ways in which it's bad are kind of good actually. Yeah, like the. It's a softer kind of less polarized kind of liking and disliking thing that I feel like is specific 
maybe just to the age we grew up in, mm. where like not everything because everybody's at the MCU now, and like everybody's expectations are so high. And like you were talking about with like Elektra and fucking Shaq, we we come from an age where things were naff. Oh yeah, but you could still like the things you that were naff. You don't know how good you have it. We you, suffered you, for you. You exactly, you children. <laughs> Although I feel like our demographic is the over fifties, but you children, <laughs> you have no idea how good things are now. So like coming from that era, it's like you took what you could get. And also, even what you could get was sometimes pretty fun. Like, there's stuff to like in Judge Dredd. I, I mean, like, I'll go back to what I was talking about with the whole thing about, like, mm. you didn't see or, or remember how bad a lecture was. Yeah. Where it's like, as an adaptation, mm. this gets so much more right than almost all of them ever did. Yeah. And, like, even the things it gets wrong, I don't really care about. Like, no. okay, they gave Dredd a romantic story, but they didn't really. No. They and could have carried that... They could have made that much more Hollywood than it was. Absolutely. Much more Hollywood, like... I mean, like, even now, like, look at the whole thing where um, uh, the Killing Joke adaptation has that bit where randomly they just insert Batman having sex with Batgirl. That, like, it could have been that. That's it's a not whole that. kettle of fish that's slightly different. Because, mm. like, that was something that, like was pushed for like i'm not going to say that bruce tim the batman guy pushed for that but he has shipped that since like day one well think about like barbara's characterization in batman uh, of the future batman beyond Mm. like that that very much was like an unspoken thing that had happened that they couldn't they couldn't say because it was the 90s and you couldn't say that they fucked on a rooftop in the 90s cartoon (laughs) and like they just found a venue to put that into a modern cartoon, even though it makes Seems like little exactly sense. exactly the wrong one to do it in. But. Exactly, right? Exactly. But they were like, all right, I've always had this, I'm not going to say fetish, <laughs> sound the alarm, but like, but like shipping Batgirl and Batman, I think has been a thing for that team, but probably specifically Bruce Timm. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could talk about that for longer, but, but we're that's not what I'm talking saying, about That's Batman. what I'm saying. Like it is, that's a whole yeah. kettle fish, but like, I, I take your point. Yeah. Like it could have been something like that mm. and it wasn't, it was just like, eh, you know, it's a movie. They kiss at the end. I think the, there is a male character and a female character. Mm. You know what happens here. Yeah. I think the, the, the sort of pain has been dulled because Dread 2012 exists yep. and is superb and yep. fully nails the character. And also, just time has 30 years have passed in the real world and also I, I there's really... so many Judge Dredd comics as well like, yeah, just because like it's if, a bad film if the Judge Dredd you like is specifically the one from even let's say you're like super specific so like the Judge Dredd you like is the one from the comics in the 1970s yeah you've got 10 years of those comics yeah you know there's plenty of, of there's plenty of, of material yeah, that and like there's this thing I feel like people have where like a piece of media exists mm-hmm. But then a film gets made of it, and that's the thing to get hyped for, and like, that's the real thing. Even yeah. though even though there's 40 years of, like, there was, like, 15 years or whatever, 20 years of Dread Comics before it, it's like, oh, this is hitting the mainstream, like, it's going to be everywhere. And because, like, that, like, it, it steals the sort of realness from the actual thing that it's adapting from. And then if it goes bad, then it's just the real thing is remembered as being bad, and that's why people say it's like a blight. Well, it's an embarrassment to them. We, we, we've talked multiple times now about Green Lantern. Yeah. And that happened to Green Lantern. Green Lantern, before that film came out, they wanted to make that film. Yep. Because the comics had been, like, not only fantastic, but they had kind of been the centrepiece of the DC universe. Green Lantern somehow yeah. became the, the, the central pillar of DC Comics. For a, a long time, more than five years anyway. And then that film came out. And, and it almost immediately killed, like, what was going on in the comics. Yeah. Like, 
I forget what the they ones have want. no interest in Green Lantern as a character, even in the comics after yeah. that film. I feel like we've still got the New 52 stuff, but like yeah. that was writing out, and then immediately after well, Goff Johns left. The, yeah, after Goff, Jeff Johns left, they, they did immediately kill all of the interesting things about Green Lantern. Yeah. Quite literally. But it's that, that, that effect a film can like have. Like they, they, they put all this money into it, it's like this billion dollar thing, mm. and then like people have this obsession where like if a thing flops... Then it's just bad. Yeah, and they're like you can't. They don't like. They also want things to flop. And I, don't know, I, I, I think, find I feel, really, I, really strange. I feel like that's just you want things to fail. You want things to be bad. Things get worse. It's part of the whole tribalism culture yeah. war thing, where like there's all this stuff about like DC film fans wanting Marvel films to flop and mm -hmm. stuff. And I think that's kind of calmed down a bit since you know DC films have stopped being quite as. You say that the week the Aquaman two comes out. Well, maybe to date us, mm -hmm. but um. Yeah, they, they want it to fail, but also, like, the the idea that it's failed is the whole thing. Like, it, like it's a flop, and that's a blight, and that's all we can talk about. And it's not. Like it's, it's a fun... There's a film that you can watch. Yeah, you, you can appraise it critically yourself. Yeah. You can watch it yourself and enjoy it. You, there, there might be millions of films out there that you're not watching because you're in this mindset of, like, it's a flop, it's bad. Yeah. Go, go watch it. You might love it. It might be your favourite film. Let me tell you, I saw John Carter of Mars in the cinema... <laughs> And it was quite fun. I saw that on DVD and I also quite liked it. Well, tune in next week, folks, where we'll cover John Carter of Mars. I would watch John Carter of Mars again, um, mainly because Willem Dafoe plays a bugman. He does, yeah. And uh, The bugman designs are quite fun. I, I'm a sucker for the, the like the power origin set that John Carter has, which is just, <laughs> I come from a planet with, with harsher gravity, mm. therefore on this lighter gravity planet, I am a superhero. Yeah. I think that's just... I feel like he does a lot of things with chains, like whacking yeah, chains yeah. about. Yeah, I, I remember watching that film on DVD about 10 years ago. Um, so maybe it is time <laughs> for a rewatch. <laughs> We're bringing it back. We're bring we will, like the John Carter of Mars specifically podcast. Do we just keep talking about films that are flops? Because was producer David not talking about fucking Waterworld last time? He was talking about Waterworld, which I still haven't seen, which yeah. I'll probably watch over Christmas. It's probably on like Disney or something. Very forget close. which company it was. Uh, I could bring up the. Um, I think the same week that I watched John Carter of Mars, I also watched the uh, the 2010s remake of Total Recall, which is something I was meaning to bring up in this entire thing. I'll tie it back. I'll tie a nice bow. Okay. So, Total Recall. Um, the Mister Sunday Movies videos were talking about how Stallone was searching for his Total Recall because you know he was in that he was in that rivalry with I Arnold. Find it, I find it weird that Total Recall is one that people would care about. I'm glad that you do because yeah. I don't rate it that. I can't, it's, I, I've watched Total Recall. Mm -hmm. I like Total Recall. Yeah. It's very much a B tier Schwarzenegger, if you ask me. I have again is a channel like an ITV three, mm -hmm. ITV one, I should say. It probably is on ITV3 at some points, ITV4. But like it's an ITV1, you watch it, the news is in the middle film. I've seen it multiple times in that format. And like I do have like affection for it in the same way about the yeah. Channel 5 films. But the people need air. Yeah, like it, it's got good liners, it's Arnold. Yeah. But like, I don't tend to think about it outside of anything, really. Like, no. it's, I'm like, oh yeah. And that was another one of those films where they made a remake with Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah, they did. And there's robots and stuff in it, and people weren't happy with it at all. But like, I, I think it's, it, just, I, it's just a film. Like, it's just a sci-fi film. I think of that remake of Total Recall, which I think is more of like a, a like an actual adaptation of the book. Yeah, there's, like, there's a lift that goes through the center of the earth. Something. Um, because I think that the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall didn't actually have that much to do with the book or something. Mm, mm. But I think about that, I can believe in, that in the same space in my memory as that uh, that other Blade Runner film that came out. You Blade know, Runner 2? 
Like, Blade, Blade, Blade Runner year. Okay, this is the most incendiary thing that you've said in this podcast. I have not seen either of those films. People so. really like that second one. Yeah. That, calling, putting those two films together is, is like, that's a war crime. The, the reason why I'm doing it, though, is just because I've not seen either yeah. of them. But, like, I, I, I remember the early talk about that Blade Runner film being, uh, you can tell this is made a lot cheaper. Like, the whole city's just really empty. Mm. And the whole thing about Blade Runner was that it all felt really alive. Yeah. So I didn't see it. But then, I want to say, like, a full year after it came out, like, you've got a whole thing about how you feel like you um, Mandela effect into other universes yes. all the time. This was very much one of these points for me, where it's like, a full year after that film came out, suddenly, everybody had always believed it was a classic from movie Oh, yeah, one. it's beloved Ryan Gosling, you know? Like... So, like, I should probably see it, and probably that Total Recall film, mm. and then, like, re-educate myself that mm. they are in no way the same film at I, all. I don't think they're an entire... Like, I, I see I, where you're coming I, from. I, I very much think they, they live in the same place in my mm. head. Mm. What other um, 2010s remakes of, like, <laughs> 80s films that are relevant to Judge Dredd? Uh, Dredd? Dredd, well, yeah, that is... Then the Robocop as well, the 2014 yeah. Robocop um they really did, didn't they? They really did just make 80s films again, yeah, they, they, but, like, but just very, very bland. Uh, apart from Dread, and bland and sort of... Also, there's your bingo square for bringing up Robocop 2014. <laughs> Robocop 2014? Did I mention Robocop? Is it 2014? Yeah, I think it's 2014. The Sam Jackson one. Yeah. And other yeah, you, guy. You were just saying, like, yeah, they, 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 they did Robocop there. Do, like, do I bring that up every very, time, though? Not all the time, but, mm. like, multiple times. I've got very small reference tools. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Should I... Like, leave off this podcast just to end it with my movie credentials. Okay. We've just, we've just talked about a film for, like, however long we've talked about it. Uh, almost the exact amount of time that we spend on any episode about the comic. So Lovely. I think we've done well. I should have put this at the front, right? So, like, you know, we, 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 you know about me, you know about my likes and interests, because you've listened to 12 frog slugs at this point. Mm-hmm. But what, what is he like on films? You were talking about Blade Runner there, right? Yep. I have never sat through the entirety of Blade Runner. I think... I've tried. I think Blade Runner... Kind of bad. Oh, see, I wouldn't go that far. So, like, I'm, I'm like, glad that you're taking some of the heat here. Because... There's, there's a lot of an artistry to it. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's 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 incompetent, because mm. it's not incompetent. But, like, I've rented Blade Runner, mm. and I've been like, oh, Blade Runner, I'm finally getting to see, it, see another one of the classics. Let's cover ourselves here, right? I've seen... I've seen a lot of the versions of Blade Runner, because mm. a lot of different versions of Blade Runner have been on the TV multiple times. Yep. I've always fallen asleep during Blade Runner. The version of Blade Runner that I saw was not the theatrical cut. Mm. It was not the, the notoriously bad one. The one with the narration. Yeah, yeah, I don't know which one it was. I feel like we should say this at the start so people could get like a sense for who we are film-wise. And it's, it's related to Judge Dredd, Mega Cities, you know, like cyberpunk, that kind of thing. Yep. I just... I don't even think Blade Runner is bad. I just cannot maintain consciousness <laughs> through like the first 20 minutes of it. It looks good... I like Snatcher. I like what Kojima did with Blade Runner. I think my thing about Blade Runner might be that... Um, you know how I have the thing where I can't get invested in the story if I don't like any of the characters? Yeah. It's not that I don't like any of the characters in Blade Runner, although I kind of don't. Yeah. Um, it's more that like I can't get excited watching that film in which every single character is constantly bored out of their minds. Mm. Like, it's got that tone to it where, yeah. like, every performance, and like especially so if you hear the one with the... Um, yeah, the narration. The narration, because, like... Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford, Ford is Ford talking was, like this. He, he was not there for that narration. No. Um, but, like, everybody's really glum. Well, that's a cyberpunk thing. Yeah. And it's raining. 
there's corporations. I might have more love for the Red Dwarf Back to Earth special where they needlessly and painfully recreate sections of Blade Runner for no apparent reason than I do actual Blade Runner. I think if you're trying to like um, give people an idea of who you are saying, I don't like Blade Runner, but I do like Red, Red Dwarf. Dwarf. Where they recreate Blade Runner. I think that probably... That Blade Runner well. stuff in Red Dwarf is, like, weirdly needless and weirdly, like, you're just doing Blade Runner for... Like, there's not even a rhyme or reason to the parody. It's just Blade Runner's happening for some reason. Like uh, A bit like the last uh, five, ten minutes of this podcast, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's Christmas, you know, we're allowed to indulge. And, like, we're giving people context for our likes and interests. Should we wrap up? Then? We should probably wrap up. Yeah. Uh, you have been listening to an episode of Prog Slog, where we haven't had a prog to slog through. Mm. Um, what do we usually say? You can follow us on Twitter at Prog Slog. Uh, we've got a Patreon. It'll be in the description. There is a YouTube channel now. There is, yeah. We've got, uh, we, we have been steadily uploading our previous episodes to that as YouTube videos. Choice cuts from the archives. Uh, no, just the whole thing. Choice not, meaty not slices. Um, the best of the best. <laughs> um, we... Also on the Patreon that I mentioned before, we'll be having uh, episodes go up where we cover the Judge Dread magazine. Mm-hmm. We may or may not have the magazine in our slimy claws right mm-hmm. now. Um, oh, big thanks to everybody that, uh, that that is involved in the making of the show. So producer David. Producer David does a lot of good work for us, sets it up to actually be a show. My God, can you write copy? Editor Callum. Also, this show would not exist without yeah. Callum. Um, the Progslog jingle was produced um, and possibly the Christmas jingle which may have been the one at the start of this one seems like it would be the case yeah. uh, was provided by the Colton Hove School of Psychic Defence mm. and the Progslog logo was produced by Jess Kate Art which we have stolen at this yeah. stage Yeah, we, we thought it was donated I don't know why I think we just assumed that I think we, we have the rights to use it, but mm. like... I think I, that, might be even, that might be a bit strong of a word. Once, well, I hope we have the rights to use it because otherwise we're in trouble mm. um, but yes uh, and big thanks to you, the listener, and I hope, to you. I hope I hope that you had a good time listening to us talk mostly about one movie, but also a confusing amount about all sorts of other movies. Well, so, movies don't exist in a vacuum, and no. I also hope that this hasn't dented our credibility in terms of covering 2000 AD because you were like, oh yeah, these are the boys, they know the right things, and then we're like, yes, the 95 Dread film, incredible! <laughs> well, if they thought these are the boys, they know the right things, they probably haven't listened to any other episodes either. That's true. So. Um, have a good day, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye.